Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Radio Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, City Ranch Boot Company, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Brazos Landing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is indeed the Mosley Show off and running on a uh, hot, sultry February day. Got in the car today at one point and uh, appeared to be 90 degrees out as I was making my way around town. Um, the great Cam Stewart alongside Aaron Sexton. We report for duty this week. Sorry, I just uh, have the regular Cam Stewart here. Nothing great about him. Oh, just, just kind of the... <laughs> the better part is mostly forgot he said great. <laughs> <laughs> like what is I don't understand the the reference. Um, like yeah I know. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it is uh, Cam Stewart and Cam and I. Aaron was uh, in charge of d- directing and producing Saturday's game. Uh, Aaron had family members over on that other sideline. And uh, at least one brother-in-law was uh, coaching for the for the Houston Cougars, and Aaron was in rare form. Um, Cam, he early in the game. I mean the the reaction he was it was, he was put out. <laughs> he was put out with the Bears. It's right. Oh, not happy. And uh, <laughs> he couldn't even couldn't even bring himself to take the family ties and take some no. solace in it. He he no. is. He is green and gold through and through. I think so. And, for better um, or for worse. Right. And worse. at that moment, I think when, um, I think after getting booed like crazy, Cryer hit a bucket to make it 25 to 10. And it might have gotten to 27 10. I think I looked up there. It was maybe yes, 27 it was. 12 27, at one 10. point. Yep. I mean that at that point you're just like oh my gosh like this could be really embarrassing if yeah. they just come in here and throttle the bears. And if I'm getting my math right Matt I think it was 17 to 7 Baylor hit a 3 you're like okay like let's just get some stops here put some together you know just just stop them in the first half you know how tough that defense is let's focus on some stops. So seventeen to seven to seventeen to ten, and the next time I look up, it's twenty-seven to ten. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> this is really, really getting away from them. Um, but we give them credit; it didn't get all the way from them. No, they did apparently fight back. And I, what I don't quite understand, at some point we got to start asking the question: like, why, if if you can play like that in the second half and play that brilliantly? Work your way back into the game. That was a long, that was a long mountain. That was a high yeah, mountain man. to climb. I mean, it think took about forever, it. and they finally tie the game with just a few seconds left. Yeah, it took the first lead and the first possession of overtime. Forty yeah. and a half minutes to get their first lead, 
And and to think about and, it, they were plus sixteen in the second half, obviously, and only four turnovers in twenty minutes. To your point, it does. Shot I, I saw you from three. I saw you tweet about this. Like it does feel like Baylor is one of the only schools that can like or programs that can have that unbelievable momentum. Like what they did yeah. to overcome North Carolina had a. 27 point or a 25 point lead in the second half and with like 10 minutes to go in that game Baylor comes all the way back and sends that thing in the overtime and they lose the game I'm telling you it's like the only times I've ever seen it Matt like every uh, time someone makes the big comeback and you go to overtime you're worried about the other team the team that was up you're like well here's all the momentum like now they're 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 down like don't give this team five more minutes they're gonna beat you the only two times I've seen it fail have been Baylor games. The other one being on Saturday, not just the North Carolina game. Yeah. And I, oof, I, I don't know. It, did it feel like they weren't ready coming out of the break, com, uh, coming out of the first half? Like, I was just, well, I was like, Houston's great. This is what now, Houston is. Like, what, are, what were they confused about? Twice now, they have come out shell-shocked in two games. They did this against Kansas. Yep. And it wasn't, and, and yeah, the ball pressure did bother them, but they were also just fumbling the ball away a lot. Mm-hmm. And they did that against Houston. Some of those were unforced errors, just kind of fling it across. I mean, you bre- I hate to beat up on him because poor everyday John barely gets to play. But he comes in and tries to rip a pass. It's like, no, these <laughs> dudes are unbelievable at defense. You can't throw it. You can't just like a straight line throw across the court on these dudes. Like it, it was like the easiest steal ever. And then like watching Mac Jones throw. And I, I <laughs> <laughs> dart across the the yeah. far side of the field, and there's Deron Bland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just waiting on it. I, I have to apologize to all of the Cougars for thinking that Baylor me. had some kind of. Like, front court, they were going to be okay. This is very big. Uh, our man, Eve Meese, was swallowed alive in this game. I mean, he'll come back. He'll come back from it. He may have an awesome game against TCU. I think he did pretty well against yeah, TCU he had a great game last time. Did he have 25 points or something like that? 25 this and 11. Was, this, was, uh, this was rough. Didn't score until the very end of regulation. Missed a free throw. Looking back, would have won the game, but I don't, you know, I don't want to blame it on him because it should have never been down twenty-five or twenty-seven to ten. So this is the second time, the Kansas game being the first, that they've just been shell shocked to start a game, just like, oh, oh gosh, really? They played, they play this brand of defense. Oh my gosh, they're 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 up on us like this. I. Oh, I can't! I can't just kind of go in here, harem scarem, just kind of darting around here and there. I've got to hold on to the ball. What do you mean? And, I mean, and like, with that, what I think is interesting about that, Max, I agree a hundred percent. And so, what I take from both of those losses is how we, the the fans and the media, including myself in here, how we reacted to it. Because I think both times, and maybe you thought differently after this game Saturday, but both times I'm looking at these games and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, ah, oh, shucks, you know. You, you lost to a slightly better team or, or a better team on that day or whatever you want to say. Like there wasn't, like the Kansas State game was 
was 47% from the free throw line. And the Texas loss was one field goal in the last eight minutes. Like, there's always glaring things you can take from these other losses. But those two, I felt pretty much the same way. I was just like, ah, they just, they lost to a better team. This team made more plays. You know, you got good looks at the end kind of thing. Am I I being too easy on them by thinking that? Well, yeah. Because they come out and they, they turn... No, it's a, it's could end up being a fatal flaw. Sure. It's not. Yeah. It's not like they had to. It was like a miracle to get that game to overtime. Like if you think that you are almost as good as Houston, like it shouldn't take. You shouldn't have a point in the game where you fall behind by seventeen in the first half. Like it, it's just it's it. This team just when you get one thing fixed, something else crops up. And they have shown that they can be turnover machines. So I, I'm tired of, and I know Scott is too, he's tired of having to come in and say, well, yeah, we embarrassed ourselves in the first half, or that was embarrassing. That's what he said the other day. Mm-hmm. That's what he said the other day. He said, yeah, we, you know, that was better after we you know, embarrassed ourselves in the first half. They're down 41-25 at the half, and were fortunate to be within 16. Seemed somewhat fortunate to be within 16 points. So, no, I don't – I kind of am getting to the point where it's just like this is this is a very big, you know, boomer bust team. Yeah, it's I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I like them. I think they have some – and I think probably, you know, it's probably the time of the year to stop. We, you know, you can't really say, "Oh, we only have one returning Big Twelve starter." Oh, we're every way team, past that. Way past. Every that. team has different situations. Like what you do have are two first round picks. Mm-hmm. Like you've got two first round picks, and, and, and a conference Bridges player of the your, year, conference defensive player of the year. Like you have these Brid- guys too. You know, Bridges is extremely impactful in these games. I mean, he, I think he had. Maybe twelve rebound, ten rebounds, 13. something like that. Yeah. Had thirteen rebounds. Seventeen points, thirteen rebounds. Seventeen points. He pulls up. Like I do trust him, just probably more than anybody down the stretch. I I also love that Walter. I mean, it's just going to be a shame if this team doesn't get something done in the tournament because at times they can be brilliant. I mean, how fun was that being at that game? And Bridges pulling up from the logo and knocking that shot down. The wall of noise that came from that reminded me almost of like an NBA playoff game. I've been at some just kind of crazy games where a shot will go through and then the explosion is kind of amazing. I, I just thought that's a game you didn't even get killed by Cryer. You did not get killed by Shed. But you got eaten alive by number 13. Juwan Roberts is a man. And and for me to state anything like, well, I just don't know if Houston's that good. No, no, no. He, poor old, um, our man Eve, he, he, he just, it was kind of like for the first time in a while, it, it, you, threw, you threw him in there against some grown men. Yeah. Right? It felt you're, like you're, he's like 18-year-old kid. 19 maybe, I don't know, but he, he hasn't played that much basketball. He's played like three years of his life. 
he's played basketball. And you, and it's like you threw him in against some, like, 25-year-old dudes. It was like what you see at the gym when you're just like, oh, okay, these guys are older, smarter. They're going to crush us. They're going to crush us. And and they they did a great job hanging in there, but the, that Roberts guy is just way better than I've ever given him credit for because he's a – He's a tremendous passer. He's got good moves. Um, he's a he's a winning player. He's a player the Bears don't have. Like they've got guards that can can stay up with the Houston guards. Uh, Bridges, in his own way, can stay up with with like uh, Sharp, who was great by the way for Houston. I mean, he was tremendous the other day. The Bears don't have anybody like a grown man flat out. I'm going to toss everybody around, and you better watch it coming down here. And, a Mark uh, and he, type? He, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Or Rico Gathers. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know how tall Rico – Rico is more like this guy. Juwan, Mark was only really 6'4". I think they listed him at 6'5". I think Rico might have been 6'6", at least. Um, this guy's a little more like the the Rico from a height standpoint. In a but a, I it, 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 he he just he just what that's what they did to the Baylor zone. Even I mean, think about that. Like they would get the ball to the middle, they whipped it around, and then he was making these gorgeous passes to whoever was running the baseline. Like I I just felt like for a lot of I mean again, great comeback from the Bears. But, again, it's like anything. How many times do we see this in the NBA, guys? These great comebacks. And then you hear the coach say, well, yeah, it was great, but we just we got ourselves in too big of a hole. Right. Think of how great it would have been if we were down 12 instead of 16 or 17. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's awesome that they can pull something off like that because it's not like Houston cratered. It was more about Baylor being great. In the second half, mm-hmm. then Houston cratering, they got some stops, and that was great. But a lot of it was just three, three, three. I mean, like, in everybody. I mean, uh, Nunn, who was on with us the other day. I thought Jay Nunn hit some big <clears> – <throat> he had some big moments. Um, I, I, Jacoby is – Jacoby's kind of becoming what we had hoped he would become. And you say, oh, yeah, well – he looked like an NBA player out there on Saturday. Yeah, like no, no doubt he was going to be in the NBA next year, but Correct. he looked like he was making the mm-hmm. NBA shots. You remember that one yeah. in the first half that he hit at the end of the shot clock? It, it was just a two. Oh, he, I think it was he the had only to rise up in the lane. Yeah, rise up yeah. in the so lane, they, two they, pointer. Yeah, they get the ball yeah. back to him. He's behind the three point arc with like six seconds left in the shot clock, and he kind of dribbles essentially through two guys. He's got shed on him gets to the free throw line and just rises up. It's just like, I'm going to use my length over shed and hit this very well contested shot. I'm not kidding, Matt. I, I have seen, I have seen the Celtics hearts broken by that same shot from Kobe Bryant. That same shot. Mm. That was an NBA high level made jump shot by a freshman. I mean, he looked unguardable Saturday for the first time in a while. I mean, it's not like he, I think his slump was a little bit more than some fans thought it was, but this was the most unguardable he's looked maybe since game one against Auburn. Doesn't losing another home game feel like 
four losses. You know, like they've lost two, right? The TCU yep. one and this one. And I None think in regulation. I think two home losses feels like four home losses. You know, it just feels it's 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 With a how great tough it is team. on the road in this conference. Houston's number one in the country now. I don't know what to think if they fall to I mean, we're going to talk more about tonight and what they need to do, and we'll look at this TCU team. But that's a spot Baylor hadn't been in in a long time if they're 8-7. and seven. I mean, they've had good teams that had to fight back after poor starts. Remember that one team, you brought them up recently, or uh, somebody we had on brought them up, Cam, that was like 2-7, and seven, and they fought their way all the way back. Like, this team's just been kind of, they just go on a little nice streak, then they go on a losing streak. I don't I don't know. I don't Yeah, I think trust issue is a good way to put it, which is kind of what you said earlier. Like we know what this team can be at at its peak, I guess. I thought they could even be better than what they were playing like at their at their peak. But it's just it's a it's a game to game, half to half kind of thing right now with with them. And it doesn't get any easier tonight. I mean, it gets a little bit easier than Houston, but not much easier when you consider the circumstances around this TCU game tonight. Yeah, and I don't, I don't sense that Langston's gonna be ready. You know, we didn't. I don't think we got much of a report on that. Seems like he's a. They say day by day, but I'm not sure where he is in this. I, I really wish they could get somebody off that bench. I could score a little give bit. Give him something in the scoring department, right? Like six or eight. Give me something. I thought that, like, right for instance, whoever that was for Houston, Tugler, I think, is his name. I mean, they just kept in. And then that starting guy, their big man, um, what is his name? Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't great. Francis is his last name. Yeah. He really wasn't great in the first half, and man, even in OT, he's dunking everything, and he's active, and they were getting great penetration. I, you just have to hand it to. That's a hard thing to have happen, to to surrender a big lead over a long amount of time, and and then have that gut punch of not getting that shot off in time yeah. to win it. And then to gather yourself and find a way to win in overtime. That's a that's like a I, championship thing right oh. there, Matt. I'm telling you. I don't, I don't want to get too sentimental with it or anything or too gushy, no. but like that is that is what battle tested teams do. And that was that was impressive to watch. I mean and let me ask you this before we before we move on. Um because I, I thought the officiating was fine on Saturday. They they let both teams play. There was a lot of physicality, but it was on both sides. Um, do you do you have a fear that Houston is going to run into a crew in the round of thirty two or the Sweet Sixteen that is calling the hand checks? They they put a lot of pressure on the refs to say, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna not let us play, you're gonna have to call something every time down. Do you think that could be their undoing? Maybe. I mean, I, part of it is they've got to adjust. If if it looks like early on the game is going to be called that way, mm-hmm. but if I think 
what happens is the other coach in a game like that, Scott, will be like, hey, watch them. They're holding. They're going to be shoving. They're going to be pushing. I think both teams were happy to have Doug Sermons on that uh, on that call the other day. He was the crew chief. He's recognized as probably the best official in the conference. And so he's not – you want him on the road because he's he's not intimidated at all by a home sure, crowd. Yeah. So Houston was happy to have him. That didn't mean that, you know, uh, Kelvin didn't get mad at times. I had – I was – Kelvin gets so mad at his own players. Like, you know, and I had to laugh at it when he was getting mad at somebody for not coming out on a a three. And I'm, I'm like, look at where Bridges is. <laughs> Are they really supposed to be guarding him 28 feet away from the bucket? And, I mean, he called a timeout after that, and he was so mad. Kelvin was. Got some woman over there was yelling, was it rebound? When, yep, when on, Baylor's on players were throws. Oh my God! You get so quiet in there. It and is. She was screaming rebound. It's rumored that it's Jamal Shedd's mom, by the way, unconfirmed. Oh, rumored. it might Apparently be. She's done this at other places. The Cryer family was, or the Cryer loved ones, were were getting kind of interesting on social media. And one, mm-hmm. I think, is that his girlfriend? Does he date Jordan? Yes. Yeah. Does he was... date the former Baylor yes. women's player? Yeah. Okay. She said something like, y'all keep booing. Uh, some, sometime the real story is going to come out. It's like, that okay. intrigued me. Because, like, the family was posting, like, this, the picture of the national championship team, and they're pointing yeah. to LJ, and, you know, it was kind of like they're just in good fun kind of thing, like not yeah. even a jab. And then I yeah. saw that tweet, and I was like, huh. I just, I got to wonder what the real story is here. As if LJ Cryer was not given a chance here at Baylor or something, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I watched the I watched the I Scott was nice about him after the game Friday when given the chance to talk about him or ask what the reception would be. Scott did not actually did not exactly stump for him. He was yeah. like, I think our fans will remember LJ. So they were pretty tough on him. Uh, but I did watch the the handshake line, mm-hmm. and it, it was really nice. Like Jacus, he gave Jacus a really long hug, and uh, uh, I I don't know, you know, you, you thought there might be a little bad blood with the coaching staff and him leaving, and the post game really was a nice, even after a, a tough overtime loss. Uh, it seemed very very congenial. Yeah. Um the and, the whole the whole post game scene and, with uh with LJ. And and real quick on the LJ thing, I think both of these things can be true. Um Baylor is probably actually in a better spot. I know you might disagree with this. I think they're in a better spot without him on the roster this year just because of what they got to add in the backcourt and LJ is on a better team. Both of those things, I think, are true. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, like if Baylor had the option to bring LJ back, of course they would have. Yeah. But to to make a more complete team, they're able to put a real defensive stopper out there in Jade Nunn in the starting lineup and have a, a high volume scorer when he's healthy in Langston Love off the bench and still get minutes for obviously Jacoby Walter as the starter and 
minutes for Miro Little down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, I think he, I think Baylor likes that. does the one thing as I said the other day that right. the Bears don't have. Right, and that's just a flat out pure knockdown three point shooter. Baylor has people that are capable, but they don't have anyone at his level. And I always there's thought not, he was there, too good to a, keep off the bench, but or to not have on the bench, but a guy who I think a lot of coaches would love to bring off the bench. Who, LJ? Yeah, yeah. yeah because of that I, knockdown I, shooting ability, you can stretch the yeah. floor when you put him out there, but he will hurt you defensively. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's probably the best knockdown shooter in the country. I'm not I don't know if... I don't think numbers totally back that, but I'm just saying, like, when he's open, I think it's just it's an automatic. It's almost like a layup, and I don't think Baylor has anybody like him. But, again, I, I wouldn't give anybody away. It's not like, oh, I wish they didn't have Ray J. Right. I mean, I, I although sometimes I sometimes during some games I have my I have my doubts. Okay, let's um, we got we got a bunch of NFL news today. But let's continue down this path. And also, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about this court storming? We've got injuries. Keep these undergrads off our courts. It's next. Baylor, Big 12 women's basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women stay on the road to play Cincinnati on Tuesday. 4.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 5 p.m. tip-off Tuesday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. At City Ranch Boot Company, customers have the option to buy off the shelves or design a -a one-of-a-kind custom-made boot with your preferred logo. City Ranch Boot Company's inventory includes boots, belts, wallets, and ladies' purses. Owner Jay Kelly was a Baylor football letterman in the 1980s. He's a longtime importer of exotic leather and has plenty of ostrich, elephant, crocodile, python, and hippo leather from which to choose. His wife and four of his five children attended Baylor University. City Ranch Boot Company, just around the corner from Hellberg Barbecue on Highway 185 between Crawford and China Spring. Call 254-855-7225 at cityranchboot.com and Facebook. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. Is it time to upgrade your garage, barn, shed, or warehouse with a new garage door? Veteran-owned and operated Precision Garage Door Service boasts the largest garage door showroom and design center in Central Texas. Revamp your style with new customized garage doors with windows. Free estimates are available, and all calls are answered by an operator 24-7. Precision Garage Door Service, 1100 Jewel Drive, Waco, 254-522-9657, and at PrecisionDoorCentralTX.com. Ask about their financing options. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at CentexSportsFan.com. 
Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Steve Maya, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Mosley, Stewart, Sexton. We are rolling along on a Monday. Lots to discuss. Lots of excitement. Nikki Collin. Aaron, what time is Nikki stopping by? Would you say about 5.15? Does that sound about right? Uh, Probably a little bit. Closer to 5.20, around there. About 5.15 and 5.20. Okay. Nikki Collin will be coming by. What a barn burner that was the other day. Did you guys see that? The Bears found a way in Morgantown and needed some unbelievable steal uh, late to to get to the basket. And then Jada gets hurt, and in comes Jana Van Geitenbeek. Cam, she's become one of your favorite players. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. She I has mean, stepped she, up big time the last month or two. She has turned this thing around. And to come and, in that uh, game, cold, Matt. Cold. Uh, she's sitting there on the bench. Yep. And she has come, just has to come in with five seconds left and hit two free throws to take a one-point lead. That's all you got to do, Jana. Down 65-64. In a packed arena, and- too. Like they really like, build that thing up. It was like nothing. She just Still. boom, boom. Like then, Mosley uh, at the rec center, man. Just automatic. I did against the KOTs one time. I had to hit a couple of free throws to win it um, in an intramural over at Russell Gym to take down the rags. And uh, and you did it. I did it. I knocked them All both right. down. We'll we'll, we'll, right. we'll check on that. Aaron, can we get some confirmation? <laughs> Two even, source confirmation. I could even think I could even think of some of the 
my competitors back in the day. Yeah, their sons are calling in later. <laughs> that uh, that Marshall McDuffie, the Burn Boys. By the way, the Burn Boys could not help Baylor uh, baseball. Tough weekend for the Bears. Or maybe they did, which would be worse. By the Hoosiers. Uh, Cam, that's, a, that's an area... I do want you to go out and see the Burn Boys at some point. They, they certainly were not interested in having anybody join that's not an undergrad. No, not an I official think, member. Yeah. I think uh, I think Marshall made that clear, but I would like for you. I also was playing through pain at the game the other day. I had crutches at the game. I'm not even sure I've made Aaron aware of this. Uh, I had a Friday night major tennis injury. Go back hit what turned out to, I think, be a pretty nice uh, – had to go pursue deep. And then I had the pr- improper footwear on. I had my on-clouds oh, on instead of my on, court Matt. shoes. And I rolled the ankle in aggressive fashion. And uh, and I, I was in bad shape that night. Had to dig back into some pain medicine. and uh, But did make it to the Houston-Baylor game, but was on crutches. This was like the bloody sock game. This was Willis Reed all playing out with you in the media section on Saturday. This was big. This this, was big. this could be big for the show going forward too, Matt, because you hurt your ankle. Langston Love hurt his ankle. All we're going to hear from Coach Drew is day-to-day. So what I need yeah. from you is a daily report, yeah. and and maybe we can you know see through the eyes of Langston Love a little bit through this injury. You guys are do, fairly, fairly similar physique-wise. I, I don't think like for yeah Langston and I people people get it you know get us mixed up yeah uh, all the time from time to time I uh, I went to CVS and got the lamest looking little brace kind of a compression brace you've ever seen and I've slipped it on like do you think Langston went to he did something similar <laughs> he had to go to yeah CVS. they probably told him yeah yeah Jake has probably sent him to CVS here's the aisle it's in go go. Go grab one for I yourself. Asked, I walked in and I said, where are your crutches? Because the only crutches we had were some my wife had used. And she is about nine inches shorter than I am. Oh, I thought they so were just too feminine. All the way straight. <laughs> they had butterflies on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is that but, is an issue, though, if she's uh, that much shorter. I went to the – so they didn't work. The other day I had them and I tried them. And it put too much – pressure on the upper body like I, I couldn't they were way too short for me so I went looking for crutches and I don't know these stores don't carry many crutches and what was funny is I asked the person at the front I said where are your crutches and she said back there aisle 21 the very back of the store <laughs> well I was having trouble walking and I thought well I wonder if she would go get bring <laughs> that, that's crutches cruel. up here yeah but that's like dyslexia kinda... for dyslexic people or lisp <laughs> with people who have a lisp. Like, that's just mm. cruel irony that in the back of the CVS <laughs> is the crutches. So I had to limp back there, and all there were were these horrible canes, like canes for, like, four, eight people. Like, I was like, wait, who uses that cane? It's like a tidy little... <laughs> but <laughs> they just had a bunch so, of canes. Can you just, like, walk into a, 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 a hospital people. and just ask for some crutches? you think they would just give that to you? You sh- you flash your your health insurance card to them. They're just like, oh yeah, sure. We got like hundreds in the back. Where can I go? Where can I go get crutches? I, I need to kind of two five four six six two sixteen sixty. 
if I don't, if I if I need some crutches that are taller than the ones I have, where do I go to get those? I I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's got to be a place that has crutches. It's amazing I, you've made it to Monday. Honestly, Have, did you even leave the house oh, yesterday? Just crawling around. I was late for a lunch, very important lunch meeting today, oh. and I and I and I thought, well, you know, usually if you're late, you you go jogging up to the front of the restaurant, and I couldn't do that, so I just limped the whole. It was it's it's been it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go, but people. The sympathy was pretty nice at the game. Like the 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 That's woman good. who's in charge of the oh, she is so cool, so nice of the the pregame meals. Um, she like said, "Hey, just go sit down," and she brought me like an extra chicken biscuit from Chick Fil A wow. breakfast biscuit, and uh, and then all kinds of extra fruit and and yogurt. I mean, it, it, the service was unbelievable. The, the if you have crutches, people will kind of. They kind of they kind of feel bad for you, and uh, I gotta that you know Brent Ingram has brought a different level of service to like the SIDs. I've always loved all the SIDs. I mean, not all of them, but I mean most of them. <laughs> yeah. And and I, it's just amazing. Like it just it, it it's even like the football. He upgraded some of the dining options. He did. And it's not it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but people do notice. Like it it. it <laughs> I was in a deal a few years ago, like a spring game, and there was a note that went out and it said, hey, there will be no food provided, but please feel free to bring your own sack lunch. Like, that's what to went out for the media. Game? Yeah, no, to a, this was a spring game, but I thought, oh. well, that really makes the people from, like, outside, you know, or like the national writers. Right. You, I, bet, I bet they get an email like that, and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. I'd love to go. I'd yeah. love to go cover a Baylor spring game where you bring your own sack lunch. Especially the ones that are already there and are just staying in a hotel for a couple of days. They don't <laughs> have their kitchen like like me or Mosley do. <laughs> oh, but that boy, that you, sounds fun. You know, Ohio State has 100,000 people in there, but they don't allow you to bring a sack lunch. So, <laughs> But I, I, I'll say this. Um, yeah, David Kay, I think he's the one who made the hire. Brent Ingram, wow. I mean, just the dining options. We never used to have that for foot, for basketball that I remember. I mean, I had some popcorn occasionally or some yeah. cold drinks, yeah. some sodas. We'd like to see some sodas in there. But right now, water and Chick-fil-A is just great options, especially for being at a new place, which, you know, they're still trying to figure all that out. I just think that is just great, great service, and I've enjoyed my media time uh, at these uh, at these games. All right, uh, court storming. We'll have more on this in Campus Confidential, but uh, uh, I I hope the little for Duke is going to be okay. Wake Forest wins the game, and the Wake Forest fans, which have not had just a ton over the last several seasons to celebrate. I guess they're okay. Used to have oh, a great program. Well, we can do back. Wake Forest top players now. We did oh, Georgia Tech no. on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Duncan would be the. Today. You you begin begin and end with. Uh, they got another Tim Hall Duncan. of Famer there. In my uh, lifetime, another Hall of Famer in your lifetime. Yes, sir. Active at Wake, Chris Paul. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, I, I, 
I don't know what to do about these court storms because, first of all, I think Baylor's arrived at a place where there's really, like, maybe the students would want to run out there after a Kansas win, but I hope not. I think I hope they would just kind of stay Haven't up done there. done it the last two years. That's good. Three years. Um, but, I mean, again, this is a different venue, and they're closer to the court, and they're, they're going to be pretty amped up Saturday for that noon start on ABC against Kansas. I don't know. But Duke star uh, Kyle Filipowski uh, has a collision down there, and he's mad. Uh, he's hurt. I understand. Now, on the overhead camera that I saw, it did look like, and maybe he was just protecting himself, but he kind of – there was somebody that popped off to him. You could tell. Yes. Somebody runs by him and kind of pops off to him. And Filipowski, and by the way, if you want to pop off to a basketball player, I really don't have – I know they're not supposed to throw hands. I don't but have – you take it into your own hands at that point. I think you do. <laughs> yeah. And if the player wants to do a little hip check to that student, I got zero issue with it. A little hip check to the, to the offending student, got no issue with it. But he ends up hurting his – he says he hurt his knee in the collision and was quoted saying, it's just really ridiculous how that situation is handled. I absolutely feel like it was personal, intentional for sure. Like I said, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way off the court and they can't just work around me, you know? There's no excuse for that. He also posted – a short message on his Twitter account that read, this got to change. This got to change. And um, I understand that our man Billis has weighed in on this as well. I mean, he's, he wants the police to get out there and maybe maybe throw some of these folks in the, in the uh, pokey. Is that what Rothstein wants? Oh, yeah. he he's, want them to- he's one of those. This has to stop immediately now before... Hey, Billis is a Duke log rat. There's no more basketball ever, or whatever they're saying. The same degree that Richard Nixon had, Duke Law School. In case you're wondering. (laughs) Who who went to Duke Law School? Billis and Richard Milhouse Nixon. Do you know where Nixon went to undergrad? Uh, I don't. Somewhere in California. Yeah. Yeah, it's called... It's not Occidental... But it's something kind of like that. San Obispo, San Luis Obispo. Anyway, it's out. It's um, golly, where did he go? Occidental uh, College. Is that where he went? No, but did you like that? Was that good? Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a bad. Jay Bellos. Look up Nixon real quick, Cam. All right, I will. I, I thought we were talking about this in the next segment. What Nixon? No, doing- <laughs> yeah, that that is our Nixon segment for the day. <laughs> Rich, see, with the with the president Wikipedia pages, you got to sift through so much because it tells you Just like find when it. they were in Just office and like I don't nobody care want, about nobody that. cares. Well, yeah, what did he go to college? August eighth, nineteen seventy four. Early life and education. Here we go. Da, 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 da. Oh, oh, then you got to go to primary and secondary education. Oh, my gosh. This was like you looking up the TCU. Oh, which I still don't have. Today. Was offered a tuition <laughs> grant to attend Harvard, but he had to stay closer to home and enrolled at Whittier College. Whittier. Golly. It was just right there. I couldn't quite come up with it. He went to Whittier and somewhere out that direction. And if he went to Harvard, the, uh, you would have said he went to Yale. So. The Nixon Presidential Library. Should have. 
Should a uh, disgraced president get a library? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, he was disgraced before he gave the library, so they had to accept it, right? What do you mean he gave the library? Like, before he endows the library, right? Like, they don't do that till after they're president. Yeah, but he was, he was, he was, you know, kicked out, and, you know, Richard... Voluntarily left. Gerald Ford... Richard, well, Richard Ford pardoned him, but that was even more disgrace than other presidents. Like, I I feel like there is something that should preclude you from getting a a library. And and presidents did not start getting libraries until Kennedy, I think. I've never been to one. Oh, you should go, yeah. There's what, four? LBJ in in Austin is is incredible. LBJ Library is awesome. And I mean, they're all incredible, I'm sure, but that's the only one I've been to. Yeah. <laughs> there another one in Texas, or just three? Both Bush. No, Eisenhower's boyhood home is in like Denison or that yeah, direction. Yeah. Okay, uh, it is time. We've got a lot of NFL news that has broken out uh, and uh, or broken. T- There's some breaking news today. We need to uh, react to it. We'll do that next. The NFL Blitz package. Come join us live from Rudy's this Thursday for the Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from track and field head coach Michael Ford and basketball head coach Scott Drew. The Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. is with John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Hello, your Congressman Pete Sessions here, inviting you to join me to send a message to the liberals in Washington. And that message is the Republican Party is America's best hope. Democrats want to divide America to empower a big federal government to control our lives. They have no respect for the rule of law. They've weaponized the IRS and created a battlefield for woke ideas that pit parents against schools as they take away parental rights. Confusion of men competing against women, men being in women's locker rooms. This has to stop. Meanwhile, Democrats' out-of-control spending is killing the American dream. I need your help to take the fight to the liberals' doorstep. The Republican primary is now open through March the 5th. Let's work together. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Han, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at mytotaloffice.com. At NeighborWorks Waco, we understand that buying a home can feel overwhelming, but our dedicated team of experts is here to guide you through the entire process, making it as stress-free as possible. We offer FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA home mortgage products. If you need that additional assistance to help you get into a home, we offer down payment and closing cost assistance. Visit us today at nw-waco.org or call 254-752-1647 and let us help you make home ownership a reality. 
You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. I'm Joe Kaleo. Business owners deserve financial security, and we're here to help you achieve it. Let's build a relationship and develop a financial plan that can help safeguard your business and nurture your dreams. Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our client relationship summary disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash relationship summary. Don't miss the all-new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, BeltonGunShow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Well, it is the Matt Mosley Show. You hear the music, you know what it means. It is the NFL Blitz Package. We do it every day at uh, around 345. And a reminder, Nikki Collin will be with us at around 515 today. And you'll get to hear her weekly message. Going to be a good one. Going to be a good one. Bears had a big win, and they got to turn around and play tomorrow against Cincinnati. And, uh, man, that's... uh, that's going to be a big one tomorrow. About 5 o'clock start. May knock us off the air, which is uh, very troubling. But we will we'll do whatever we're asked. Um, Aaron, what do, you, what do you have for us the NFL front? Seems like there's all kinds of running back news and otherwise. What's going on? Yeah, we'll start with basically the first big offseason domino starting to fall. Hmm. With the Bengals, they franchise tagged wide receiver T. Higgins. The move positions the Bengals to retain Higgins for at least one more season if the, the sides fail to come to a long-term agreement before July 15th. Higgins will be restricted to a one-year deal with the club worth $21.8 million, which is the league-wise franchise tag amount for wide receivers this year. You know, they don't. players don't love it because there's not the long-term security, but the franchise tag... Is a is is something the organizations use? That's a lot of money to pay for a wide receiver. Now he's very good, 
but man, one year, twenty-one point eight million. I I think I would find a way to soften the blow on something like that. Um, again, that that's uh, that is uh, that's an incredible amount to pl- uh, to pay for, and of course they're not. The way they're valued, it's different than what a running back would cost. But, uh, Cam, that's a massive one-year deal on uh, on the franchise tag. Now, of course, I'm sure a starting quarterback would be somewhere in the neighborhood of, if you wanted to try to franchise a quarterback, what are you going to end up with, $35 million or something like that? 35 or $4 million, it's going to be you know crazy. But for a wide receiver... A one-year $21.8 million. That's a that's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, especially with those, like, second-option receivers. I, I yeah. always get fascinated by the market for those guys because the great teams can make them like running backs. The great quarterbacks can make them like a dime a dozen. Um, and we don't – it's something that Cincinnati probably needs right now, having a, a second really reliable receiving option with – with Burrow coming off that injury, injury-plagued season. Uh, so it's not like as easy as saying, well, why don't we strike when the iron's hot? There's a couple of teams that want T. Higgins. It's before yeah. the draft. Why don't we just trade him and get something for him? I think they might be taking that into account of, of you know Joe Burrow's timeline too. Yeah. Um, when you have a huge, big-money quarterback, you really have to watch what you do, and you're right, when you see a team hit on somebody like uh, uh, Nakua mm-hmm. having just a massive season, it's, you know, the running backs, that happened a pretty good while ago where you started saying, you know what, we could find a young running back, not have to pay that much. Let's move off paying running backs huge. I, I think we may be headed that way a little bit at receiver, thinking, hey, if, yeah. I mean, here, there's a guy that they got in, what, the third round who ended up setting records and being brilliant. Why couldn't we hit on a big-time productive receiver? Now, again, not everybody is Nakua, but uh, but I do think it makes people look at the position differently. Sure. Pickens is another example. Pittsburgh picked behind Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. And what's and has he put up huge numbers? Not not obviously not Puka Nakua, but they really yeah. like him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they just don't like they hate their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I can't With, really blame them. For good reason. He's yeah. not very. He's not an NFL quarterback, or hasn't shown it so far. That I'm getting yeah. those vibes from JJ McCarthy. By the way, the same ones I got from Kenny Pickett. Although Pickett had a had a good statistical season. I mean, McCarthy was fine. But now there's a lot of first-round buzz around J.J. McCarthy, and I'm just like, I just do not see it. I I don't see it at all. I think major red flags should go up when there's a quarterback that plays, like basically trains at your own facility, so you think you know him better than everybody else, and then you take him. Like, those give me red, those are red flags for me. When organizations think, well, we we just know him better. <laughs> We're closer. We can go to all his games. He plays right down the road. I mean, in that case, he played. He literally trained 
in their same facility. And so I think they, they, it, they fell too much in love due to proximity. And, uh, and it does not. Uh, and what, Aaron, what did I, you remember that one time I made a, a picket joke? I made a picket joke. You remember, you remember our former co-host? He, he took great offense to that. You remember that? You know I what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. Oh, I did a made a I made a you know his hand size joke. Oh, and classic! It really, it really bothered Drake. Drake Drake well, defended the the, the small handed quarterback. The small hands way. club that stick together. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a baby hand guy. No, no, no. Nope, uh, he's not. He's a... <laughs> What else do we have, sir? Meanwhile, in the running back market, doesn't look yes. like anyone is going to get franchise tagged, and it's going to be, at least name-wise, a blockbuster free agent class for running backs. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, none of, none of them expected to be franchise tagged, all expected to be free agents. Well, and Cam, hasn't this led to – some talk out there oh, from has. a former Baylor great of who the Cowboys should go after. No team gets attached to more running, you know, famous player. Anytime anybody hits the market or gets cut or whatever, it's just like, well, the Cowboys should sign him. Cam, tell us what the Cowboys have won. Who are the Cowboys now supposed to go sign? Well, they've they've won an RG3 tweet, which is – more often than not, not great. Uh, he goes, the at Dallas Cowboys should raid their rival's closet and sign Saquon Barkley. Saquads, Saquads, get it? Because he has big quads. Saquads is a three-down back who brings both flash and substance. The quad god, so that's two quad references here, is still one of the most dynamic players in the NFL with the ball in his hands in the open field. Time for these stars to unite. All it costs is money, Matt, in a salary cap league that they're going to have the highest paid quarterback in football. Also, by the way, he's, to resign CD Lamb. he is entering the next season as a 27-year-old running back, which is when 99% of them absolutely Drop fall off. off a cliff as yep. far as production after they do turn think, 27. Do you think Robert kind of giggles to himself? When he types out something like that, say quads or the the God quad oh, or whatever, the quad yeah, God. It's great. You see him just kind of, kind of. Like this. Look that's at a it. good one. No, I imagine for this one, he was probably like ready to hit tweet for 15, 20 minutes thinking, should I say say quads or quad God? And then his wife points out to him that there is a way for him to put both in there. And he's like, honey, this is why I love you. And puts both quad-based nicknames in there you know his his youngest he's remarried mm-hmm. and ha- has had does he have three children now that it was kind of fun watching him four. at that ucf game is he have four yeah um married a model a, a european model i believe or maybe she was like a, she was a track star a, Oh, track star, yeah, Estonian track star, Florida State, well. just gorgeous. What did you say, Estonian? Where did she Estonian. run? Estonian. I think it was at Florida State is where she ran. Hey, I think the Bears did pretty well at that track meet we were talking to Michael about the other day. Track is so weird to me. 
Like, it's weird to hear a coach say, yeah, I think our men will probably finish at the back. We'll probably finish, like, <laughs> toward the bottom of the conference. But, like, that, that doesn't matter. Like, track, you're trying to it's, – it's more important to get individuals through to, like, the NCAA indoor championships more than – now, I say that. Maybe I'm taking that slant just because the Bears – you know, aren't that great as a team right now? I, I don't know, but I mean, there is something to Michael's that, though. A great, like, who I think has Michael's the bragging a great rights? Coach, I, but I think I think it's really about advancing the most individuals yeah. instead of what we usually think of is how well does the team do? The women were pretty good. Women finished fifth or sixth, just like he predicted. Um, I that that tech group is scary good. I don't remember Tech. Back in the day, the old SWC days, I don't remember Tech being that good at track. And they are unbelievable at track now. Like one of the best in the country. That always fascinates me. Like who has a great track program? Like Tech does right now. Like for years, ACU did. SMU, I don't think has track anymore. They used to be great. You just never did. Abilene Christian, just back years ago, they just decided to be like unbelievable at track, and they they were just brilliant. They just brilliant track. And I I uh, I think the other day, Cam, you you were excited to talk to Michael, and will be even more of a track fan moving forward. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I I don't follow the team things. I'm an individual track guy, yeah. an Olympic guy, if you will. What's your favorite event? Oh, well, you know, Matt, that's tough. They're all great. I actually do like the relays because there's an extra science to not just run the fastest, right? Like the the specifications of handing that baton off, incredible. Like genuinely, like it is it is and, amazing that Yeah. What they have to do, they need to know when to take off. It's 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 like synchronized swimming. And we're truly horrible at it. Like, the U.S. is not good at it, even though we have tremendous sprinters and have been dominant across the years. In recent Olympics, we can't get that right. The handoffs, the relay, our handoffs, is, is, it's a struggle. Is that more of a Jamaican excellency? No, it's just it's America being horrible Efficiency, at handoffs. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. bad. And you remember, Aaron, were you with me when we had Clyde Hart on that one time? And he, he, he just, yes. Coach Hart came on and he said, well, yo, Coach, what would you what would you say to fix this? And Coach Hart gave like a the most unbelievable two or three minute explanation on what he would do to clean it up. And, and he had it all, he had every, he knew exactly what he would want to do. It made tremendous sense. I hope they and, listened because that's the best in the business right there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't, but they have not been able to clean that up. I think Michael could help because Michael was on those great Baylor relay teams yeah. in the mid-90s. And uh, and he, he understands what to do with that relay. But I don't know why they can't get it right. Like, it really seems like something – Part of the problem is they don't get them together as much as maybe other teams, and they don't know, you know, until kind of the last minute 
who's on that relay team. They may mm. switch a guy out or bring somebody in. But, but what's weird is I don't think our women struggle with it that much. The men can't hand the baton off. And from what I know, all That's you crucial. do is just say stick, stick, stick. You know, you just have to yell that out and then and then reach back and then pass the stick. Aaron, I mean, does that sound like, don't you feel like I'm, I've pretty much delivered the message on that? 100%. Yeah. Um, Aaron, do you have one more or are we good? Uh, one more real quick. Former Baylor yeah. standout and Dolphins all-pro cornerback, Xavier Howard, is going to be a post-June 1st release for the Dolphins that will save them about $25 million on the cap this year. Wow. A post, okay, post cap, and that way they can roll it out and it and it, it's, it does less damage to their cap uh, on the post. What do you call that, Aaron? Post June 11th? Post June 1st. Usually? Yeah. June 1st. Okay. Goodness gracious. I mean, that's he's been a great one. He's been a great one for several years. The former Baylor great, Xavion Howard. All right, we're going to continue, and we got to start getting you ready. The Bears turn around and play again tonight. Um, what do we expect, and what did we learn from Saturday? Oh, a little more just on the crowd. That that setting for uh, Saturday's game against the number one ranked Houston Cougars. All coming up next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Announcing the $12 lunch menu Tuesday through Friday at the Brazos Landing. This menu is the most diverse in town. No matter what you're craving, it's a good bet. The Brazos Landing has an entree to satisfy your appetite. Check out the one-of-a-kind 8-ounce Akaushi burger or the 6-ounce Akaushi ribeye chicken fried steak. Their chili relleno is famous, and if seafood is on your mind, try the shrimp or crawfish etouffee. Where I-35 and the Brazos River meet, the Brazos Landing, Waco. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls the foundation doctor will make a house call it's 9 30 on a saturday night you're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids and your debit card doesn't work lucky for you central national bank's after hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth inning jams just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at CentexSportsFan.com. 
At NeighborWorks Waco, we understand that buying a home can feel overwhelming, but our dedicated team of experts is here to guide you through the entire process, making it as stress-free as possible. We offer FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA home mortgage products. If you need that additional assistance to help you get into a home, we offer down payment and closing cost assistance. Visit us today at nw-waco.org or call 254-752-1647 and let us help you make home ownership a reality. Hey, Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern look and feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine. Open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100-plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Oh, it is uh, the Matt Mosley Show. And uh, proud to be back with you in this 4 o'clock hour. Cam Stewart just really, uh, really doing tremendous work today. Really, it was great to see him at the game the other day. Cam will do, whether he's there with the media, whether he just kind of goes as a fan, had uh, his girlfriend with him the other day, and really was in there having a big time. And um, that was uh, that was a great atmosphere for college basketball. And, and Cam had thought that it was going to be ugly the way they fell down then it got mm-hmm. kind of quiet in there and i'm thinking oh this is going to be bad this is going to be bad cbs great crowd you don't get it going and then the bears show up in the second half now they need to start like trying to string whole games together and i know yeah, that would help. that's what scott would like to have happen it's not like he's telling them hey guys let's just play one great half <laughs> well let's just have one great stretch but 
I mean, that, it, it, it's really it's frustrating and weird to put your finger on <clears throat> how you can be so flat and you can be so careless with the basketball and then how you can be brilliant for 20 minutes and pull yourself back in. It's not like Houston fell apart in the second half. Like, I didn't, it's not, oh, Houston had a bunch of turnovers. No. Oh, Houston started missing all their shots. No. The Bears just clawed and got back in it, hit a ton of shots, hit tough shots, um, and they just shot their way back in the game. They had no help from the front court. Um, I mean, I guess front court, you could count Bridges. They had plenty of help from him, but I'm talking about their centers uh, were kind of no-shows. I think maybe did Ojan want to have four points, maybe. If that, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't think. Uh, I think I remember him scoring a little bit. Our other man, Misi, had two. It was a, uh, it was a rough performance from that group, and for someone that's been that great throughout much of the season, that's tough. That's tough when you get that in such a huge game. But again, how can the team turn the ball over that much? Um, and then turn around and just play great. It's almost like once they got their back against the wall, they came out. I don't – that was uh, – that first five minutes of the second half was just incredible. They worked their way back in to where it was like, I don't know, maybe 41 to 38 or 41-37. Like, and it happened in a hurry. It, I mean, they, they – and then, you know, Houston would kind of get back up. I think they got back up by nine, and here the Bears came again. And it was like 55-49, and they hit that monster three. I think that's when Bridges pulled up from way downtown, pulls up from the logo. Um, I thought the crowd was just waiting for it, and when it came, they were great. That, I mean, that, that just wall of sound that was hitting on some of those huge shots, those huge threes, that's a different deal. In fact, the Houston, I was at that postgame news conference, and Roberts, who was so great, the big man for Houston, and then um, a shed, they were, when, when Kelvin was talking about how great the building was and the fans and how loud it got, like the, the players were making faces and kind of like, yeah, it, that was crazy. Like I, they were very, very impressed by what they what they encountered the other day at Foster Pavilion. Bears do not. Bears didn't find a way to win. But I don't. It's hard for me to try to paint a picture of a deep tournament run when game to game you do not know what you're going to get. I say game to game. How about half to half? How about yeah. half to half? Fair. You you don't you don't know what you're going to get, Cam. I I just don't like. Part of me says, well, they're talented enough to be they a are, scary yeah. team in the tournament, but they're not consistent enough for me to get too excited and go. Well, see ya. I'll see you in the Sweet Sixteen. This is for sure a Sweet Sixteen team. It doesn't it they the consistency that a Houston that a Gonzaga team has had for many years. By the way, Gonzaga has peaked back into the top 25. This team does not remind me of that type of team that 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 could could get hot and stay hot. I'm I'm not seeing it. 
Yeah, you're, you're saying it doesn't remind you of the national championship team? Um, No. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the best teams of my lifetime. Now. Like, that... And I am a victim of this too. I am trying not to compare this team to the 21 team because that but is I'm the not. frame of reference we I have. Didn't even no, bring I know, that I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I, 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 I am. I and a lot of fans have have struggled with this because that's what we know works. That's that's the blueprint we have seen work. Even the next year after the national championship team, where they were banged up, and look, if they had all their guys, that was a Final Four team. That that team was loaded. Uh, but even with what they had in the tournament, that could have been a deep run, a Final Four kind of run. They go out in the second round. So, like, we all have to be trepid a little bit looking at this this team in the tournament. And I look at Lenardi's bracketology and, and what he projects, and it's right now he's got Baylor as a four in, in the Midwest. And I bring that up to say, you know, I, I can't sit here and say, like, yeah, this is a nailed-on Sweet 16 Elite 8 team. But then I look, and it's a 4 versus 13. Okay, they should win that. And then the next team they face is Dayton, who's a 5 seed. You have a lot of confidence in Dayton. You watch Dayton play this year. They've been in the rankings. But, like, I, 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 maybe it's just that Big 12 bravado, but I'm like, Baylor should wipe the floor with a team like Dayton. You know, and, and, then, and then they would need to worry about a 1 seed, and that 1 seed in this is Purdue. The ultimate bottlers of this whole thing. If they, if they even get past a 16, they got to also play Oklahoma, a team that Baylor just destroyed two weeks ago or whatever it was, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, this is this is a Final Four team. You guys just wait on it. They're going to play their best basketball in March because, like you said, we don't know. But with the gauntlet that they've gone through in this conference schedule, there's just not a lot of teams that scare me in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. more scared of the Big 12, like, 1 through 10, uh, than, than, a lot of, than a lot of these teams. And I saw another projection had them with, with North Carolina as the one seed. And North Carolina's a good team. But I'm like, again, like, it's one signature win for them this year. In, in my mind, as a, you know, they might have some quad ones, but their only big win that I've seen is them beating Duke. Because that conference just stinks. You should see Purdue. Have you watched Purdue? I watched them against Michigan yesterday. It's it, it is funny to have like an old school. They're really good. Edie, they've got a lot of good players around Edie. But it feels like a it's time still warp. funny to watch like a seven four or whatever he is guy get the ball, and if he gets it down there, even the tall people for the opposing team, they have zero shot. Yeah, like it's just. It, I think he had. What'd you say? Thirty-five, and I. I he have like he might have had sixteen, seventeen rebounds yesterday. Like it was like the so, Garza kid from Iowa. Like they're the, he, a dying breed. Yeah, but he's even more dominant. Oh yeah. than Garza was because he kind of, and he he's your rare seven-four tough dude. Like he kind of is mean and snarly. Yeah. And he's not, he'll throw an elbow, and he's kind of, he's not like your, you, you know, your you're, 7'4 dude's always going to be skinny. But, uh, yeah, and then they, they got a bunch of guys that can hit shots around him. It's a great team, but you're right. They've been snake bit over the years, and I don't know where they're going to go. I watched FAU in Memphis yesterday, and Memphis <laughs> at times looked great. 
And do you know who one of their star players is? None other than Naquan Tomlin. You remember him? Uh, yes, yeah. Close. Now, what happened with Tomlin? Was that I was trying to remember who was the kid who got in trouble at K-State. I was just trying to remember yeah, all this. Yeah, I'm when, trying to think of his name. The one well, that put I, Tang and the president at odds. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just can't remember when Tomlin transferred out. But he's a monster. Like if you if 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 you hadn't watched Memphis all year, like I hadn't, and I watched him yesterday, and I'm like, goodness gracious, like this team is dangerous because FAU went to the Final Four last yeah. year. They still have a lot of some of the same players back. Which, by the so, way, yeah. with FAU, who was in the top 25 this year, yeah, on more than a couple of occasions. I think they just recently tipped out. If you're interested, Matt. They are projected as because I've still got it in front of me as an yeah. eight seed, and they would face off in this Joe Lenardi scenario against ninth seeded Texas Christian. Yeah, and speaking that would of be a great uh, matchup. Oh, what, by the way, before you move on from that, uh, okay, yeah. another team from that conference that's unbelievable is, and they just got ranked South Florida, which yeah. opened the year one and one in conference. Nobody was thinking anything. And now they sit there at like twelve and one, or thirteen and one in conference. I mean, like I, AAU lost a bunch of great teams to our conference to the Big Twelve, but they kind of got these random people in there, like FAU and whoever else came in there, and South Florida, and they're pretty good. They're pretty salty. It's By the way, that, I was just going to say, yeah. speaking of Big 12 transfers, you talked about Naquan Tomlin. Did you see the big yeah. buzzer beater in the Big 10 yesterday? Ohio State with the three at the buzzer. Our old pal Dale Bonner, the hero, at Michigan really? State. Yeah. Really? Which was a big loss for, for Sparty, by the way. Big loss. Yeah, Baylor kind of needs them to win, don't they? they that would they, be nice. Because, yeah. yeah, but Ohio State's kind of get. I mean, they're not going to the tournament, but... They've yeah. been on a nice little roll since canning their coach. I mean, maybe they maybe they win the Big Twelve or the Big Ten tournament because that's that's not a not a great conference. <sighs> Did you see Boynton? Poor Boynton got beat at the buzzer yeah. the other day by OU. Golly, I like him so much. And then and, and uh, then Gallagher Iba was more full for a wrestling match the next day. Gallagher Iba for that game actually looked pretty good to me for that for that bedlam, that final bedlam game. But the wrestling match, the wrestling meet, whatever we call that, um, did have over 13,000 fans. But Iowa went in and beat OSU in that dual meet. It was a tough loss for the – I mean, you just – you hate to see the Pokes losing wrestling matches. I I certainly do. I hate seeing Yeah. I would like to go to a college wrestling match. Yeah, you you should try the Midwest out. Yeah, they care about I think it a lot. Iowa, or no, I just like to go to Stillwater because they got a great wrestling program over the years. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this uh, situation. We had a player hurt. We had the court storm. This has been a big story. Well, we want to get your thoughts on it, and we'll hear from Jay Billis, kind of the czar of college basketball. How could Jay Billis solve this uh, issue, and is it an issue? Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. If you want to text us, all that coming up next. 
Baylor Bear basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. It's Big Monday for Baylor and TCU from Fort Worth. 7.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 8 p.m. tip-off Monday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern look and feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine. Open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. At City Ranch Boot Company, customers have the option to buy off the shelves or design a one-of-a-kind custom-made boot with your preferred logo. City Ranch Boot Company's inventory includes boots, belts, wallets, and ladies' purses. Owner Jay Kelly was a Baylor football letterman in the 1980s. He's a longtime importer of exotic leather and has plenty of ostrich, elephant, crocodile, python, and hippo leather from which to choose. His wife and four of his five children attended Baylor University. City Ranch Boot Company, just around the corner from Hellberg Barbecue on Highway 185 between Crawford and China Spring. Call 254-855-7225 at cityranchboot.com and Facebook. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. At Richard Carr, we give you details. Richard Car Motors is turning 25, and we're celebrating with our anniversary savings event. Get a premium ride in uncommon style for a common price in a Buick Envision. Right now, save $4,750 on a new 2023 Buick Envision at Richard Car Buick. Plus, qualified buyers get 0.9% financing and no payments for 90 days. Call now, get here now, or log on now and get 25th anniversary sales savings on a new Buick at Richard Car today. At Richard Car, we give you more. Elevate your lifestyle with a Baylor Club membership. Enjoy unparalleled access to our exclusive lounge area located in the heart of McLean Stadium. Membership with Baylor Club means you're part of a vibrant community where networking and forging lasting connections is as easy as a smile and a handshake. Indulge in members-only events and personalized service that caters to your every need to make every day extraordinary. Contact the Baylor Club membership or private events team at 254 710 It's time now for The Naked Truck. The ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity. Presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, Chuck has a heart-to-heart with Bubba. Hey, Chuck, you said you needed to talk to me? Remember when we said we'd never be afraid to tell each other anything? Yeah, we was pretty turnt, but I remember. Well, I need to come out and tell you this. Listen, you don't need to come out. You know I'm with Becky. Wait, what? No, this is about you. Me? Yes, Bubba. You're squatting and swaying. Me? When you pull your trailer, yes, you. But I got an HD truck. 
what? It don't matter. You still need a weight distribution hitch. I thought I had it handled. It's not safe to pull that much weight without a distribution hitch. You're a good friend. Now get over to Pickup Outfitters and get fixed up. I will. Will Bubba gain control of his trailer? Will Chuck reveal his true feelings for Bubba? Wait, what? No. Tune in again for the continuing saga of The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters of Waco. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. I wish he would say, Aaron, the Matt Mo- I like when he would say the Mosley show, that guy. I, I, he is, I love, I love how he sounds. It is Mosley. It is uh, Cam Stewart. It is Aaron Sexton. We're doing our thing today. And uh, Nikki Collin coming up at um, 5.15. And that'll be good. Kind of see what's on uh, Nikki's mind. Big win. Jenna Van Geitenbeek coming up in a big way. Bears play tonight, and it's Baylor versus TCU. I don't know. We've ranked these things. Cam, Aaron, and I have, like, the toughest places to play. I think TCU's not easy. I think it's a small venue, kind of like what Baylor has. Mm -hmm. And they're down, you know, students are down there on top of things. I, I don't think it's the toughest but I don't think it's the easiest. I think it's somewhere in between. Let's call it about the sixth or seventh toughest place yeah. to play. And and but, it depends on the game, doesn't it? Like it's not like a consistent yeah. like Hilton and Allen Fieldhouse. You no. know it's going to be great. Like it's going to be. I think it's going to be great tonight. But I I kind of liken it to if the Farrell Center got renovated instead of moving to the Foster. That's not about right. Like it's kind of got that bowl look. It's ten thousand or whatever, a little bit less. Well, well they retrofitted it. That they retrofitted to to get it down, so it's like moody. It's a lot better. I mean, what they've done, and it's a little bit different crowd because by eight o'clock, the booze is flowing. That is, a, it's called Texas Christian University, I think. <laughs> well, but they it used go to be. real. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They do not play that up. They do not yeah. play that aspect of it up. And they love the Methodist and the Christians, or whatever they are. They're part of the United Christian Church or something. They love They love to get – I mean, they'll just ride out there in the open. They're not even trying to put in a solo cup. They're just like, hey, I'm down here having a Miller Lite here on the baseline, and nobody that can do anything disgusting. about it. <laughs> What's that? You're disgusted with these people. No, I'm just saying these people are very active in their drinking. They like to get right down on the front row, and they don't. It's just like kind of right there. So it's a different. I think that crowd by eight o'clock can get into a bit of a frenzy. And would they would they drink enough or get excited enough to rush the court? Would they get uh, rush the court over a Baylor win? I don't think so, but I do think those kids like to come out on the court. Like when they beat Kansas, I think it's almost every time they beat Kansas. Yeah. They go running out there. And, boy, Duke had it happen to him the other day against Wake Forest. I know you have Duke ties. That is a uh, – I mean, that program, when you beat Duke, no matter if they're up or down – it's a big thing. Wake Forest is a proud program. 
that has been kind of uh, kind of up and down, mostly down mostly in recent down. years. <laughs> 20, and, 25 years. Yeah, and they they got excited, and everybody ran out there. Who even coaches them, by the way? Do you know Wake? off the top of your head? Yeah. I have no idea. Who is the Wake Forest? Didn't Danny Brian Manning Piccolo. Uh, I'm probably for... not him. Who? Who are you saying? Brian Piccolo, one of their great uh, athletic alumni. You might know from him the... from Brian's song. I don't oh, think he's coaching gosh. them. Okay. No, we lost him. He and yeah. Arnold Palmer were 40 the, years ago. They had the two, 50 almost, yeah. They were the two athletic dorms were named after Brian Piccolo and Arnold Palmer. Their head coach yeah. is Steve Forbes. And not the Steve Forbes that ran for president. Oh. That would be really cool if it was. Who is this clown? Who is this jabroni? Steve Forrest came from East Tennessee State before. Had Wake a Forrest. good run there. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that went had one tournament run or had one big upset. I think hiring in college basketball is one of the most ridiculous like things Moser. in the world. Where it's just like buzzer beater, you win one round. That one dude, you know, beat Texas from ACU that one mm-hmm. year. Yep. wasn't even a great Texas team, and everybody's like, "Let's go hire that guy. Let's go hire him from ACU." And that's the UTEP coach. They hired him over Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang wanted the UTEP job, and they said, "Nope, give us Joe Schmo." I think his name is Joe, but I can't think of his last name. They give us Joe from Abilene Christian. Hey, the guy, you know, they're out there. They don't even use instruments. They're just playing acapella music. <laughs> and Joe Lee, yeah, takes the UTEP job, and and uh, Jerome doesn't get it. Big weekend at UTEP. They unveiled a statue for Don Haskins. I know you're into your history. Yeah, but it would have been cooler if Jerome Tang was their coach. Actually, he probably wouldn't be their coach anymore because he would have brought them to the Sweet 16 and taken a bigger yeah. job. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like, I mean, even in, like, the time, that had to have been a no-brainer, like, to take Tang. You know what I mean? Like, hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the time, I mean, that was the same year Baylor won it all. had that huge upset from ACU. He took down Shaka. I think Shaka got fired after that. Because who could believe that that Shaka's Texas lost in the first round? How often does that happen? You know, you you gotta capitalize on that. Yeah, yeah, so they took him, they took him down. What about Filipowski? How's he doing? The Duke youngster, he's seven feet tall. Some kid flexes on him. I think if you're a kid and you run out there and you decide to jump up and scream something at an actual player, if if that player wants to give you a shove or a little hip check, you got it coming. You got it coming. But then he he gets hurt in this court storming and then a student trainer and another player have to kind of carry him out of there. They get him off the floor. Hopefully, he's going to be okay. But, boy, this is this has started a national com- uh, conversation on court storming. And, you know, if it happens like St. John's or whoever, even UConn, nobody is like, well, it's not great, but, you know, whatever. Kids are going to be kids. If it happens to Duke, if, oh, my gosh. <laughs> The Duke players aren't protected. Well, I mean, it has happened a lot to Duke. I'll give him that. Well, I mean, stop like losing you said, on every, the road. Well, yeah, but yeah. every every time every time a school like that beats Duke, they they yeah. storm the court. And this Which is an is interesting one. This yeah. is an interesting one because I, if you've seen the video, the overhead shot, he kind of the kid's coming right running right in front of him as Filipowski is trying to head to the bench, and 
it, 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 I, I think he's just putting his arms out to like brace himself, Filipowski, like, because you just see that out of the corner of your eye. It's, it's jarring, right? And he's about to step forward and it just bang right on his knee. Now, the Caitlin Clark one, you'll remember from earlier this year. You remember that one, Matt? That was, yeah, that was yeah. a flop. Caitlin Clark ran into this student looking for a call of some sorts, <laughs> even though the game was over. This one is, is a little bit more bang bang. And, and you're right. The kid, is like I think realizing at the last minute that it's Filipowski in front of him and he can he can get right up in his face and he's like yelling something at him and Filipowski is just like what is what is going on you know and it it's a it's a disastrous scene at the end and I will say before we get into just the ethics of the court storming this does happen very very seldom I mean, almost never does a player actually get hurt. But we have had two incidents with major players yep. in major yep. teams. And whether or not she embellished, year, and she yeah. probably did, there still was an incident. There still was a student who was right. It did not. In that one, the student <laughs> did not mean anything. Yeah, the, that the, one was the girl wild. was she, just running, and she did not pay any and attention. And she's like to the Caitlin only Clark. one there. You know, yeah, like this it, one, this Wake Forest one, it's a mass of humanity, yes, you know, coming yes. onto the court. It is not safe. And no. it happens to can I would say the people who get court stormed the most are Kansas and Duke. Just think how often we see Kansas l- lose and everybody comes racing yeah. out of the court. They, it's, they can't help themselves. Like, oh, my gosh, we've beaten Kansas. Let's go crazy. Now, this is what... Jay Billis, famous Duke player and famous NBA analyst, he was on, and boy, he and Stephen A. were doing their thing today. This is what Jay Billis. This was the this was uh, the solution Jay Billis came up with. Let's hear from it and decide if we like this or not. And but the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away. And nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, it, the fans feel like it's an entitlement, and the universities like it, and the truth is we like it. Now, one last thing on this. Oh, That's it. Okay. The one last thing wasn't good. It wasn't interesting. <laughs> he's such a dope. <laughs> like, if yeah, you couldn't stop is- him from going on the court, how are you going to keep him there? I mean, it's just ridiculous. That, now, that would be funny to try to sweep in around them and contain them as they're trying to, to exit. He's just such a dumb idea. He's, he's Now, he is a very – he's a lot of things. He's pompous. He's arrogant. He is a smart guy. But in this in this instance – and I, but I love it. He's like, we like it. You know how you talk. We like it. Everybody likes it. You detain them. And then – and he calls the fans. <laughs> He basically calls these students who are not thinking. There's no nuance to this. 
it just seems fun to run out there. Every every yeah. group of students at some point thinks that would be fun to do something like that. And and I like how you said it there. They feel entitled to it. Like there's a lot of entitlement in our in our society. Okay? There's yeah. a lot of that going around. But these college students, they're not sitting up there like we're entitled to that court. In that moment, <laughs> we are taking been... this court no matter what, <laughs> by hook or by crook, come and take it. It's not out of a sense of entitlement. Yeah. It's not like my parents paid a lot for me to go to Baylor. Because then and they would so do it after a loss. I am entitled to take the court. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's these huge wins like Baylor's had, and Mac Rhodes has even talked about it, where he doesn't mind like after a big football game, if you've got to pay the fine, let the students, let the Baylor yeah. line, let them go racing out onto the field. Now, football, for whatever reason, is just an easier deal because Wait. the players are in pads mm-hmm. and they have helmets on. It would take a pretty aggressive Baylor line member to get to them. Basketball, you have less protection, and then you've got just random people running at you from every direction. Um, if there's going to be a court storming and the game's already been decided, what you could do is is kind of get them out of there, call the game, uh, let them kind of let the players kind of empty out of there, and and you know, and I think you'd be okay. Move them out. Some of these things seem to do a pretty good job of having that 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 taped off area uh-huh. where. Only the players can be and the coaches during that that handshake line. Yeah, and, and in fact, they kinda, they're kind of protected in that area. Yeah, I just wanted to bring this up because you're bringing up a good point here because John Shire talked about this this morning. Um, he was he had all these quotes about you know what went. Uh, I was going to read them to you, but it's an athletic article, and uh, okay, I can't buddy. scroll just, that far. So. That's okay. But what he had basically said it, 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 it had yeah. happened. It had happened against them earlier this year. I don't know if it was Georgia Tech or what. He said, you know, it happened to us, but we were protected. They had this area roped off. We were able to get our players off. So it can be done, which I thought was interesting that he used that as an argument for we need to get rid of court storming. Because to me, that says, okay, John, you have just admitted that it can and has been done in a safe way. By the way, the ACC is the only major conference that does not have fines for court stormings, which I thought was interesting, too. I don't know. It's one. I'm I'm very pro storm the court. Um, you know I don't know if TCU would do it against a number fifteen team. You do it against like a five team. Um, I'm pro storm in the court. Um, I get that there are safety issues to it. I, I I would obviously be open to hearing you know how we make this safer for players. I I just don't think a student should have the risk of spending a night in jail because they storm the court. I just that that doesn't really compute with me, you know. Yeah, that to me, he's the one that comes off sounding entitled. Uh, Duke, Shocker. come on to yeah. Duke. Let's get the kids. Let's uh, these kids are too entitled. <laughs> Let's give them a citation. Maybe send them to jail. Arrest them. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> I, I think that's great. Let's have the police have a bunch of handcuffs down there trying to arrest all these college kids who are just out there trying to have fun. There, there, there is a better way. And I, I thought K State did a nice job earlier this year. You remember that K State coach 
talked the yeah, kids out of coming down. They were getting ready to storm the court against Kansas, I think. Mm-hmm. And the coach, uh, I, that, he, he pled with the kids to stay in the stands, and they ended up not coming down there. Um, we just need more Jerome Tangs in this world. Yeah. How many well, times have we been able true. to say that? On a, lot of, you know, on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Miss old Jerome. I think you should let the kids storm the court. Next time you talk to your pal Jerome, let, let him know that I said that. Because we'll, I would have we'll killed, st- killed to storm the court as a Baylor student, but I didn't have why the opportunity. To... <laughs> I didn't no. have the win to do it. Not, not the culture. I didn't have the win to actually go and do that. <laughs> I don't understand why we're playing BYU twice and K-State once. Or Iowa State once. I still don't. I I, I know this is unrelated, but it just yeah, something well, I, you said made me think of that all of a sudden. I'm very I'm very angry about that. Like I don't like like K State and sense. Iowa States are just more natural rivals, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why are we? Who else have we had to play twice? That's just kind of. I mean, I we're understand hitting all the, TCU. the two times now. Yeah, TCU. Who? We're about to hit the second time now. So TCU, we don't have to play Kansas, Cincinnati Texas, or UCF, Tech. right? Or Correct. Twice. Correct. Who's the other team? Who's that fourth team that just came in? Houston. BYU, Cincy, UCF, Houston. We do wait. We don't. Houston. Are we playing Houston once. Mm-hmm. Yes. The BYU knows the twice Big tournament is irritating. The Bears right now have to play on that Wednesday night. You realize yeah. the tournament starts a night earlier than it used to. Yeah. That tournament's going to start. On Tuesday, I don't exactly understand how this is playing out, but I I think that for the the bad like teams, the, the dregs play on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Right now, the eight and six Bears will be in. They'll play. Do you think it matters? The top four seeds. Do I think what matters? Where they get seeded in the Big Twelve tournament? I think they could be the one seed, and I I don't I don't think they win a game. They never do. I think Scott may keep most of the team home and just send. Especially, yeah, especially with the injuries they've got. I mean, like, we don't know the Langston Love update, but Scott, after that game, you were there, Matt. He basically made it a point in there of, like, we need to get everyone healthy. And there's one guy on the team that's noticeably unhealthy. You know, everyone's banged up at this time of year, sure. Uh, So I, I don't think that's a good omen for Langston Love to be playing tonight. And... I mean, the, the the conference tournament has just become so watered down entirely. So here's what, here, I, I, here, I doubt it will make a difference. Uh, he, I would love for him to win it one year, though. It'd be great. So yeah, awesome. no one else celebrate it. He used to care about it. They used to use it as a as a trampoline effect kind of deal into the tournament, and he just got to the point where he just didn't care about it. Uh, and I don't totally understand, but Kansas always cares. Uh, the other teams do care. They show up and want to win it. Like uh, Kansas actually cares about it, Man, because it, probably because it's in their backyard. Okay, Campus Confidential is next. Baylor Bear Baseball, all season long with Derek Smith and Tom Barfield on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Baseball home again at Baylor Ballpark Wednesday, hosting Abilene Christian. 3.45 for the warm-up show. It's a 4 p.m. first pitch for Baylor Baseball Wednesday. Follow the Bears all season long here on the home of Baylor Baseball, ESPN Central Texas. 
Hey, Central Texas, the next time you need someone to cater your group meal, remember Hellberg Barbecue. They cater events any size from 10 people to 1,000, from pickups and deliveries to full-service banquets. Barbecue is what Hellberg is famous for, but they can also work with you to create custom menus. High-end events complete with hors d'oeuvres, plated meals, carving stations, and elevated presentations, each are Hellberg Barbecue specialty. Their catering professionals can create the perfect meal for any event, no matter your budget. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, and at hellbergbarbecue.com. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. It's back, folks. 1.9% for 72 months on every 2024 Silverado Light Duty. With the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory, couple that with the number one rated service department in the state, the choice is clear. The Jim Turner Chevrolet is the place to go for all your automotive needs. So take that short drive to McGregor and give us an opportunity to earn your business with honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Buying new roads. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Han, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at MyTotalOffice.com. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntexSportsFan.com. Don't miss the all-new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, BeltonGunShow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. 
The Loop 340 Overhead Door Family welcomes back Dale Strickland. Dale has 50 years experience. They offer residential and commercial garage door sales and service, including new installations with convenient 24-hour service, locally owned and operated for over 25 years. Please call today for all your garage door needs. Loop 340 Overhead Door, 254-662-0220. 817 South Loop 340, Waco, a mile from the Brazos River. Your Congressman Pete Sessions here. As a conservative Republican, I am concerned about our country. And I'm asking you to join me and your fellow Republicans by voting in the Republican primary now through March the 5th. Democrats are overrunning Texas and America with open borders. And Democrats' out-of-control spending is killing the American dream. Together, let's send a message to the liberals in Washington. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. What's well, Matt Mosley? It's Cam Stewart, the decorated uh, Baylor member of the media, and uh, he's uh, he was on the scene for that... Uh, at Baylor-Houston game the other day, really tremendous crowd. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought uh, CBS. It was great that they had that second half. I do not want to be one of these Baylor people. Like, well, they at least made it close. You know, it's like, but still, it was great that it turned into a tremendous game in the second half, and it really uh, toward the end. I mean, that turned out to be one of the great games of the year. Yeah. I um, no doubt. I don't know. It wasn't as back and forth as the TCU triple OT game. Was it double OT or triple OT? Triple, triple OT. It, yeah. it, Baylor had to come all the way back, but that comeback was a lot of fun to be a part of. And uh, but as we do campus confidential, thank you, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Aaron Sexton is always kind of at the helm to lead us through some of the big topics of the day. Aaron, where do we begin? We will start with Baylor football. One staff position remaining. 247 Sports reporting that they are targeting. They are targeting Enoki Brechterfield to be mm-hmm. their new defensive line coach. Brechterfield spent last season as Kalen DeBoer's defensive line coach at Washington's. Before that, he worked at various universities, including Pitt, where he. Uh, Aaron Donald was among his players. Whoa. He was also at UCLA, Montana, Weber State. And I believe worked – did he overlap with Aranda at Wisconsin? As That's like a GA? Yes. He was yeah. actually spent five seasons at Wisconsin. Oh, well, well there you go. That is Paul Christ era? Yeah. Um, do anything for you, Matt? Anoke Brechterfield. I, I – this is inter- this is an interesting one. Um I and I guess he'd gone to San Diego State here recently. I you know, it makes you wonder DeBoer came calling for the Bears coaches. Yeah. And now they get a DeBoer coach. 
You now think? I'm wondering, like, why did DeBoer not take <laughs> Brechterfield? Took everybody What's the deal? else. <laughs> What's you, the, yeah. It's like, you why? think he was, you know, uh, <laughs> he called up Dave. He's like, you know, I'm sorry about the other things. I saw that your guy, uh, Pork Loaf or whatever, went to went to the Ravens. You know, I Meatball. got this guy. I got this guy out here. Uh, kicking around still. One of my guys. He, he's a defensive line coach. You should you, know you should him. give him a chance. Yeah. 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 yeah and then Dave's like, yeah, I coached them for four years, three years, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I was at Wisconsin. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Why don't you, why don't you give him a chance? Yeah. I'm trust me, Dave. It'll make me feel better. I you know DeBoer. I don't trust him at this point. Like if DeBoer is sitting around and goes, golly, I, I never did take care of my man Brechterfield. I could see him just taking him right back here. He's uh, D, D-line coach at Washington the last two years. That you know, You'll mention the Vandy, boy, that Pitt one that Aaron mentioned. Aaron Donald, that's a pretty good, it's a great name to be associated yeah, with. Yeah, to be attached to. UCLA. Yeah. And... Uh, Shout out to our man Zenitz, Matt Matt Zenitz. Just kind of, he's become the go-to to break this. Um, well, let's see here. I guess he's part of it, but the, uh, oh, yeah, this came because I was reading this out of a Marcelo Off have anything on this? Uh, column. But, yeah, Matt Zenitz coming through. We've got other people from there, Tim Watkins, uh, Will Turboff. We like this 247 sports family. and um, They've so kept us I, covered I, here. They have, yeah, they have I, kept us up to the minute. They're basically part of the Mosley Show family. I mean, it's kind of we've almost yeah. we've almost done some sort of uh, merger is what it what it really feels like to me. I don't know if they're aware of that. Um, Cam, is it does this excite you at all? A no uh, a no K Brechterfield? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. He's been part of some good defenses. I, again, I, I don't I don't get too tickled by any positional coach hire the mason miller one i thought was cool because of another clear sign of intent of the direction they're going offensively um but yeah he coached up aaron donald so i'm i'm in i'm i'm here for it he played in the cfl anoke did for the toronto Argonauts, the winnipeg blue bombers and he was an all-american defensive end at oregon state i like my d-line coach to be same with the O-line coach. I don't want, like, a skinny little guy coaching that position. And this is a, this is a Hawaiian-born man, 46-year-old guy, been around for a little while. He's had some, and I, I'm just kind of, yeah, I like, I like what we're talking about. Uh, it says he is of Fijian, Krabati, German, Samoan, and route, uh, Rodeman descent. Can we? Can we? Okay. So, Hawaii, California, two different, two pretty opposite places in Canada, Wisconsin, Tennessee. Where else did we have? Washington, and Texas. This guy is like Johnny Cash, man. He's been yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that original per- singer of that song was. I've been everywhere. Oh, it was, uh, Kelly goes always back to Hank Snow or somewhere. Oh. Uh, or I Hank Thompson. Was that Hank guy. Snow? Anyway. Um, his wife, Carol, played soccer for USC from 96 to 98. I should have led with that. Now I'm way in. I am so in on this hire. And she was an all-conference selection 
Carroll out there at USC. My goodness. I mean, this is a talented family. The kids are real talented. Twin boys, Rocky and Riley. I'm kind of liking what they're doing. They're out there doing some good things in the world. Oh, Aaron, we might need to move on before he starts getting into, like, uncles and cousins <laughs> here. <laughs> this oh, wait. Is, what's that sh- genealogy named... show where you just find out terrible I things about he, your family? I think he may have named one of his boys after Mike Riley. Now that I'm do, doing connecting all the uh, I think dots it's Rick here. Riley, yeah. It's not, no, it's not spelled that <laughs> you way. You don't know that. Not after an SI writer. <laughs> <laughs> that only you would know. Well, he's a little old for your, your he's, age range. He's a, um, he should be on our Schmaltz's trivia question because that guy knows Schmaltz big time. Like everything <laughs> like everything was sentimental, uh-huh, and he would do uh-huh. those ESPN feature stories, too, about, like, oh, yeah. athletes coming home. Like oh, everything yeah. was a Disney movie for Rick Riley. He was great, though, man, at his peak. He's a good writer, man, really good writer. At his peak, he was tremendous. Uh, that back page every week, yeah. you get something yeah. kind of interesting. And you're right, though, toward the end, some of that stuff got a little It hokey. was like uh, Wojciechowski is the one who does it for – game day it's, that's just everything he did you know yeah sadly he got laid off he's yeah. now he's now teaching journalism at tennessee um yeah. uh which is not a bad landing place at the uh the, the manning the manning school of journalism yeah but usually something. the hoity-toities do it at like northwestern so i'm glad he's he's with the common folk at tennessee yeah I, uh, people i i was once asked to uh, well i'll tell that story another day aaron what else do you have uh college College-wise. New AP top 25 poll is out. A new number one, not a surprise, though. Houston moves up one spot into the top spot with 53 first-place votes, followed by Purdue moving up to number two with four. UConn, after their loss to Creighton, falls to three. They receive five first-place votes. Tennessee and Marquette round out the top five as far as the Big 12. Obviously, Houston at one, Kansas at seven, Baylor at 15, and there's one more. Oh, I missed Iowa State today. Four Big 12 teams ranked this week. All right. I, the Bears falling four spots, two losses, one home, one away. Got no issue with that. It's probably about right. Um, I thought maybe they would say, well, Baylor in Houston had quite a tussle, so maybe only drop them a couple of spots. But I, I think that's fairly – that's somewhat appropriate. A lot of team, a lot of the teams are sitting there, with with also receiving votes. BYU, TCU, Texas Tech—they're all kind of in that next group, right outside the top twenty-five. The interesting thing to me, the top twenty-five is like twenty-one through twenty-five are all new teams. Had a kind of a, a change this week. And all those are all teams that were not in the in the rankings last week. Basically, twenty through twenty-five, they had uh, kind of a change, and um, that's that South Florida team has my attention out of the um, AAC, and then some of those Mountain West teams have my attention. Although one of the darlings, Colorado State, lost twice, lost twice mm. last week, so you know, got to ding them a little bit. But some of these other schools, I mean, you got to keep an eye on them. San Diego State and others, they're all waiting. And then Gonzaga, Aaron, you have that in front of you. Where's Gonzaga? I think they they're back in the what, poll number? at 23. 
Yeah. What would that be if they made the Sweet 16, I believe, I believe that would be nine straight trips to the Sweet 16. I, I think that's one of the greatest accomplishments in all of college basketball, if that happened. Eight is unbelievable. Nine straight Sweet 16s speaks to, like, just ridiculous. First of all, they're good at this tournament. They're not good at winning at all. But they are great at winning those first two games. Elite. And uh, I that that's and it is that's eight, just so unreal. What's that? Nine? That would be nine. It'll be nine. Yes. Yeah, I think that's one of the most amazing stats out there in college basketball. If that pretty incredible, because I mean, you think about what Baylor's done the last five years, and they've been one or two in terms of wins like that whole time the last five years. It's them in Kansas have been the most consistently good programs, and they've only gotten out of the, the first weekend one time. Yeah. So it, it is. It's impressive. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Like one seed. They would have been the one seed the pandemic year. Yeah. Then they were the one seed the next two years. The old Bears. I mean, that, that, is, that is wild. This is a weird rankings, though, because Kansas – even though they're not very, that great this year, when they win a game, they'll just automatically jump up two spots in the poll, and they went up to six. I don't know if anybody – I don't know if there's any sure thing right now except for the University of Houston. Like, I – boy, Houston has settled into this conference, and they are teaching people some lessons. Now, the Bears had a great comeback. You changed your tune. I oh, think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think you're no, on the right I'm, side of I history was, now. Aaron, tell me if I if I couldn't hear you a minute ago. You may have been telling me I needed a break, but I I am I am loving uh I, I you know, I hated seeing Baylor lose to them, but where I was really wrong was on that front court. I, I honestly thought Misi could have his way in that Juwan Roberts is is like an old man. Like he, I, I, he, I was looking at him after the game, and I was up there on the front row of the post-game news conference, and I and I saw a guy that almost kind of had a Latrell Sprewell or some kind of old school. He had a look about him that was just like, I can do anything I want. Like nobody, nobody will push me around, especially you media types. And most people are a little intimidated by you know Bryce Cherry and. Jerry Hill sitting up there at the front. All right, it is uh, Cam. Hey, good work today, buddy. Thank you. We uh, we hate to say goodbye, but we must. Cam Stewart every day three to five, and uh, we have to send him home now because he demands overtime when he goes past five o'clock. Cam, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay, there he goes, Cam Stewart, off into the night. Nikki Collin coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, a couple nuggets to share with you uh, on the NFL. Some interesting things happening in the NFL today. That's next. You're home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas.
Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to Eminem Broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills, close to Jason's Delhi. Attention all car enthusiasts. Get ready for the President's Day sale happening at Allen Samuels in Waco. For a limited time only, drive home in a car of your dreams with unbelievable discounts. Looking for luxury? How about the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Summit with a whopping $12,500 off MSRP? Or maybe the adventurous spirit of the 2023 Jeep Compass and Renegades, now 10% below MSRP. But wait, there's more. Say big on the rugged 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with savings of $13,000 and an incredible 15% off MSRP on every 2023 Gladiator. Rev up your engines with the 2023 Dodge Charger RT, now $8,000 off MSRP. And a special thank you to our first responders. Enjoy a $500 off your purchase. Hurry in now and take advantage of these unbelievable deals. This inventory won't last long. Visit Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Whether it's a problem with your debit card or just a simple question, things always seem to come up when your bank is closed. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you have access to a real, live, local person who can resolve issues and answer questions from 6 to 8.30 every morning or from 5 to 10 o'clock every evening. Bank different, bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The home for Baylor Bear Baseball is ESPN Central Texas. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. The Loop 340 Overhead Door Family welcomes back Dale Strickland. Dale has 50 years experience. They offer residential and commercial garage door sales and service, including new installations with convenient 24-hour service, locally owned and operated for over 25 years. Please call today for all your garage door needs. Loop 340 Overhead Door, 254-662-0220. 817 South Loop 340, Waco, a mile from the Brazos River. Where are they at? Um, I thought they were right here. A lot of truck owners are wondering what happened. This is where I came last time. What happened to them? Some are getting worried. 
It's your emergency. I can't find them. They're not here. We get it. For 26 years, Pickup Outfitters has been battling truck nudity from our comfy little spot on Lake Air Drive. But we needed more space, and we wanted our customers to have better parking and to be more comfortable. So just like our customers upgrading their truck, we upgraded our location at Pickup Outfitters. Our new location is right there on Waco Drive, just a half mile from our old location, 4535 West Waco Drive, in between the old Richie's Western Wear and Diamore Jewelers. So if you need a new bed cover, steps, bumper, winch, anything for your truck, come see us at the brand new Pickup Outfitters, 4535 West Waco Drive. Check us out online at createacommotion.com. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, City Ranch Boot Company, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Brazos Landing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, Nikki Collin coming up uh, next. Big win for the Bears. They're in Cincinnati to play tomorrow night. Games at 5 o'clock. And so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to uh, get you ready for that one. And, uh, wow, that's going to be... That's going to be a uh, fun, that'll be fun, and uh, we'll just have to be off the air, I think, by about 4 o'clock tomorrow. Supposed to have Mac Rhodes. I'll get that sorted out. I was very excited about having Mac Rhodes on, and uh, we'll just have to figure it out, and we'll get you, we'll get that information to you, because there's so much to talk to him about. Uh, there's a lot of college stuff. There's a lot of Baylor stuff that we want to visit with Mac about, and we'll, uh, we'll, We'll talk about that and uh, and get to the bottom of it. Um, lots going on in um, the NFL today. Uh, franchise tags are unlikely for both Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. The, Va- the Raiders will attempt to re-sign Jacobs, but they're not expected to tag him. Barkley's not going to get the tag. Um Cowboys are not expected to use the same tag for Pollard. Uh, that That is about a $12 million tag. The Titans aren't going to tag standout veteran Derrick Henry, and the Chargers will let Eckler, Austin Eckler explore free agency. That is where uh, running backs are these days. You just can't do it. You can't commit the tag to it. Maybe you can try to sign them long-term. But the last of the big deals, you got one in McCaffrey. Aaron, do you have another one out there somewhere? That's about it, isn't it? Isn't that about the last of the huge running back deals? And I say huge, you know, maybe not based on what they used to be, but McCaffrey may have the last big deal. Other running backs scheduled to hit free agency next month, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Zeke Elliott, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Aaron, I mean, like, who's the who's left? Who's left that will remain with their team? I mean, it's it's amazing. <laughs> Not many. Um, I mean, I, I just named some of the starters for the best teams in the NFL. I mean, the only name I didn't mention 
was um, Mostert is considered a really good back. I guess he's with the Dolphins now, Aaron. Is that right? Yes. Um, that's one name I didn't mention. He was Pacheco's second in the league in touchdowns of, last year behind McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are good backs, but it's just that's not the way teams are winning. I mean, I still think it's valuable to have a good one. But, um, I mean, you think about, Aaron, like what we thought about Swift, even just last year or a couple of years ago, like, oh, man, Swift, whoever has Swift is going to be going to be great. We think of Singletary. Think of some of what he's done in the league. I mean, it's just all these teams are willing. I mean, I felt like I mentioned about two or three former Ravens backs. Um, it's just they think they can get it done with younger, cheaper players. And um, and that's the way uh, Jonathan Taylor became the first running back since 2021 to sign a long-term contract worth at least $10 million per year when he agreed to a three-year $42 million extension with the Colts last October. Uh, and we kind of know what happened after that. I think we were getting a bunch of Taylor updates all year. So it is uh, – and then today we also had the Bills, Deion Dawkins, ripping Michael Clemens and the Jets. I mean, that was kind of interesting, uh, saying, gosh, getting really ugly with some of these comments. Dawkins said, weirdos being weird, when he was asked directly about the, the fracas that occurred between the two. The Bills-Jets rivalry continuing to be ugly. Okay, let's talk to... Nikki Collin, a lot to catch up on her with. Great win the other day, and they get ready to play Cincinnati. Our weekly visit with Nikki is next. This is ESPN Central Texas. It's tax season once again. Stressful, right? Doesn't have to be. Maggard Bookkeeping has been helping Central Texans through the complex tax code for more than 25 years. Go to MaggardBookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Nikki Collin joining us, as she always does, and uh, always fun when uh, the Bears are coming off a big win, 66-65 to over the over the Mountaineers, and uh, never a doubt, Coach, right? That was... Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Um, that was uh, some ending to that one, um, and there were a lot of good things from this game. I would think, uh, you know, you didn't exactly love the execution down the stretch, but, I mean, Jada making the uh, enormous play, you know, getting in there, staying with the uh, – uh, getting the steal, and then getting fouled. I, and and uh, it, it just um, – I don't know if you – have you ever had a scenario where someone had to – come off the bench and shoot free throws in that kind of pressure-packed situation at, at that point in the ballgame? I have not. 
I have not not quite like that. Not make these and mm-hmm. there's a pretty good chance we win. You know, I think I think the advantage to it was um, if there is such a thing, like you didn't have to make both to tie. You know, that's always the. Uh, um, you know, I had, I had told Jana like you're gonna make the first one and then the second one will be easy. You know, like just just relax and make the first one um, because I knew she would. You know, it's the first one going in. Because if you don't make the first one, then then you like double down on the pressure that yeah. you make the second one to tie the game. You know, so I just think it it. Uh, but you know, I just I think Jada was really shaken up on that play mm-hmm. um, and wasn't getting up quickly and was grabbing her grabbing her neck and her head. And so you know, the right thing to do was to to send the trainer out to make sure she's okay. Like it's just that that's more important in that moment. So. Yeah, I, I had not been in that situation before um, where I have to pick someone and put them in that situation. But, I mean, you got to pick, like, one of your hottest shooters, and, and very, I mean, it, it, it was pretty remarkable. She looked unflappable in, in doing it and making the uh, making the two free throws. I, You know, let's keep it with Jana for a minute. You and I have talked about her. I, she is someone that you've always had a great deal of uh, respect and admiration for. And you arrive at this point in the season where, you know, you're in a, you're in a bit of a funk and, and you just decided to lean on her even more. And, and I would say it's paid off in spades. Uh, Even in the game against West Virginia, that I don't think she'd scored yet. And early in the second half in that third, early in the third quarter, um, it's like two threes and a bucket, like eight points in about a two-minute, two- or three-minute span. Um, that really, boy, y'all really took control of things. And I think, boy, ended up jumping out, I think, 45-38 it might have been. But, uh, uh, I mean, it just really seems like she's coming to her own at the exact right time for your team. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things um... – you know, it was um, you have when you're when you're starting the season and you have a returning first team all conference guard and Sarah Andrews. Um, you have the preseason newcomer of the year and in, in, in Jada Walker. You, know, you got a kid in Yaya that scored 20 points a game at OU, and it's just like you know, uh, kind of mesmerizing at times what she can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of took time for Jana's steadiness to come through, you know, for her, um, you know, and, and some of it was we needed um, we needed someone that our opponents respect from the arc, like make or miss, score 10 points or score four points. Um, our opponents respect Jana's ability to shoot the three. And at a time when as valuable as Jada is to us, you know, she's shooting under 10% from three in Big 12 play. Like, people are not going to guard her at the arc. When teams were playing a zone, you know, like, it, it just – we needed Janet. We needed someone that would make threes. We needed someone that teams would respect from three um, to be able to get the ball inside. You know, there, there comes a point in time where it's less about someone shooting themselves out of a slump or someone – finding unique ways to score and more about, okay, what, what are other alternatives here? And I just feel like 
you know, we've needed Jana. We've needed her shooting. We've needed, and as she's made shots and she's played more, her confidence has continued to rise. She she understands. She doesn't get them right all the time, but she understands the progressions um, in our ball screen probably better than Jada. Jada's a really electric, downhill, creative um, scorer, you know, that maybe Jana isn't. Um, but Jana can come off a ball screen and work her feet and hit the roller. She can come off a ball screen and square her shoulders and throw the kickout pass. Um you know, and I'm not saying she, she makes the right decision all the time, but I think they play very, very differently in ball screens. And so I've just I've just seen this growth in her um, when we were playing Kansas and she we just we ran horns and they went under the screen and she bounced that thing back and hit it like that. We need that. You know, we need people to not be able to go under screens on us consistently. Um, and, and so as, as she's seen those shots go in. You know, it just like her confidence continues to, to, to rise. And the other thing about her that I've said um, from the first month I coached her, she never gets tired. Like we have two players on our team that never appear to be tired. And I'm not saying they never are, but um, Bugs and, and Jana just like they just keep cruising. You know, they don't never get a different look on their face. They don't start huffing and puffing. They don't. You know, like they, she can run all day. You know, and so even going back to the OU game when we were struggling early, early, and we put her in Yaya, and a lot of it, a lot of our um, success in that game was Jana playing off early drags and step ups, um, and playing fast and downhill, and and not that she scored a ton, but she was creating rotations and creating opportunities for other people, and whether it's a hockey assist or an assist, like she's creating the pace, and so. It's been fun to see her succeed. Um, she's a great teammate. You know, she's had some DNPCDs this year, like, you know, but she's, mm-hmm. when I put her in, she's, she's always prepared. She's always going to bring what she brings. And um, so, you know, I think she's one of those people that, that her teammates rally around as well because she just doesn't have a bad day. You know, her energy is great in practice every day. Um, you know, she's just a really, really good teammate. Yeah, and it, hopefully, you know, as sometimes I even noticed in this game, you know, Dre's minutes were wore down, and, and as the year goes on, you may ask people to play different roles and that kind of thing. How's everybody reacted to that? I mean, it really actually seems like those two, we were talking about Jana and Dre, have a unique and fun friendship. Um, I'm sure that that doesn't hurt things, but how does that, uh, how does, how does your team kind of responded to you having to maybe change the, the way you divvy up minutes a bit? Yeah, I think the minutes are dependent on game. You know, I think yeah. I've realized as the season go- has gone along, like um, the value of playing Asia in between the lane lines more. I think that's some of our success more recently has been having her less. Um, on the wing and more between the lane lines, um, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, we made the change because the starting lineup changed because we, I, ne- I needed to get out of being stuck in the concept of like, Hey, this is the group that succeeded early. Um, yeah. They're going to get it. Back. You know, they're going to get it back. They're going to get their mojo back, you know, and, and not wanting 
to take anyone's confidence away by making change. But I also think, um, you know, if you don't do anything different and expect different results, then, you know, you're, you become the crazy one a little bit, you know, so we, mm. we just needed to shake it up, you know, we needed, and it doesn't mean that from a total minutes perspective, like, you know, there are going to be games that Dre plays 30 minutes because there's been a ton of games this year where she's, been one or two on our team in minutes played like she's a versatile offensive player but you know we we were suffering we were suffering defensively um kind of in the midst of that that you know tough stretch in January and I felt like the best way to get us going was to put our best defensive lineup on the floor um to start the game and set a tone defensively um and and how the game plays out from there is how the game plays out from there you know and and you could see how it played out against Kansas where Dre and Jana came in and they, they were our leading scorers and they were a huge part of our success. You know, Dre would have played more minutes if she didn't pick up a couple early fouls when she mm-hmm. went in the game, um, you know, against West Virginia. But I think, you know, we've, we've now won three in a row, you know, it's like, this is working. We're, we're starting the games playing really, really good defense. Um, you know, and kind of setting the tone that way. Obviously, against West Virginia, we had more turnovers than shot attempts in the first quarter, and, and some of that was the game was really physical early. They called a lot of fouls. <laughs> I had to go to the bench early. You know, both Jana or both Jada and Sarah had two fouls, um, so we had fewer ball handlers out there, and it it, it showed. Um, early, we weren't turning it over against the press. We were turning it over once we got in the half court. Um, with decisions that we were making either off the bounce or off the pass in the half court. Um, but then as I subbed, we were making some, you know, not the best decisions um, trying to break the press. And uh, so, I'm, I mean, I, at this point, I feel like we have, you know, eight players who are going to play, sometimes nine, as we get Madison healthy and back. And it's going to depend on the game, you know, and how are they performing in that game and what are – what are teams doing to us and how are we counteracting what they do to us? Um, I just, I think we've really owned a physical defensive mentality um, since we made that change and made that the priority. You know, when you look at our losses, um, the opponent's centers dominated us. Texas, Jones, and Aaliyah Moore dominated us. Jackson, when we lost at Kansas, dominated us. Audie Crooks dominated us. Lauren Gustin dominated us against BYU, Um, you know, and it's not because they're always taller or stronger or whatever. It's like, it's it's a dedication to meeting people early, not letting them get to their spots. And, you know, how do you give up 27 one time that you play Kansas to Jackson and the next time eight, you know, it's, it's effort, it's focus, it's intensity. And that's what we brought, you know, when we played them the second time. And so I, I just think, um, you know, it's not what do we not have to be successful defending them. It's like who we have, we're more than capable of being good defensively against them. We just got to dial in. Yeah, talking to Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show. To start that second half, y'all really set the tone. I think you're down 28-25, and there's a give-and-go play that starts the half. And I saw you turn around to one of your assistants and uh and you know give him five i mean that, that's got to be a, a really nice moment when you kind of have a set play and it was uh 
basically a, just a give and go, and you got you got yep. somebody just completely free for a basket. But that really set the tone. They they um, I mean, Coach Kellogg called a timeout in less than forty seconds of of the second half starting because y'all hit two quick buckets. But it is kind of amazing how like a couple of scores like that can can set the tone and just kind of get the whole thing going. Well, you get um, you know, you're you're playing against and, and I think sometimes as as guards against that matchup, they stay pretty locked up on the perimeter. You know, so a lot of our zone attack against their matchup zone is predicated on keeping the ball in between the lane lines, attacking their center at the high post. Um, either off the bounce or playing high-low um, against their power forwards who aren't very big. You know, it's one of the few teams in the league we're actually bigger than. Um, and so because of that, you know, like it's, it's – you get – the guards tend to get more shots in transition with ball movement. Um, you know, they're a team that plays man. If you, if they get, if you get stops and rebounds, they're going to play man in transition. And so, you know, I thought it was, it was really interesting because – um, we had talked about when, when teams play matchup zones, the high to low cut is a hard exchange because when they match up, um, it's, it's sometimes, you know, who exchanges that, you know, it's, it's the point of their zone is guarding the point guard. The ball goes into the high post. Um, and if they're locked up on your feeler on the high low, like there's just nobody there. And so I thought we had another opportunity we came back and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to tweak this now. Now, Bella, I want you to flare slip Sarah. Um, so Sarah gets to lay up on the dive to the rim um, and they just don't exchange at all. Cause there's really no one to exchange her with on that high low cut. Now Bella comes screen for Sarah. Now you're going to get their little point guard on now flip her to the rim. And we're going to get the same thing with you. And she set the screen and then just froze, like didn't slip. And I thought, you know, like, but I, but I thought that first play, getting an easy layup, mm. calms everybody down. We get a stop. We come in transition. Data gets to the rim in transition off a little step-up transition screen. And all of a sudden, you've, you've got them calling a timeout. You've got two paint scores for your, your point guards, basically. You know, and, and so you just, you've created this momentum. And I thought in the second half, um, we kind of switched up some things we were doing offensively and did a really good job attacking them they they were trapping we don't usually do this but they were trapping our short corner to start the game so we we didn't want to go to the short corner because we weren't making quick enough decisions out of the trap um, or catching ripping baseline and beating the trap early and so you know we kind of just stayed with a one three one set and tried to pound it high to low and and drive it and draw fouls and and so you know I thought the team really responded to the change you know in terms of what we were doing um, you know, and for the most part, like we just, I thought we competed at the defensive end all night. All right. And, um, Nikki Collin with us, uh, bears have Cincinnati and, um, I mean, they've certainly been in a lot of games, uh, uh coming off, uh, you know, took, uh, beat Texas tech, uh, in, in Lubbock. But even against some teams, you know, quality teams like Oklahoma, they've really stayed with them. What's uh, what's going to be the key? And uh, what, by the way, what is that place like? I, I'm, uh, these uh, arenas that we're not used to, I've been very uh, interested in trying to kind of familiarize my, myself with them. 
Um, what, what did that? What did that? Uh, what did that place feel like to your team as you went through a short practice uh, yesterday? Get into town, then of course you have uh, uh, today, uh, and, and, and as you get ready to play uh, tomorrow, what was the? Uh, what, what's that? In, what's that uh, gym like? Yeah, well, when you know, I um, this gym has been around a while. I I played in it, you know, when I played at Marquette, and we were all in Conference USA. And you know, when I was coaching at Louisville, we played here. And and um, you know, last night we actually uh, practiced in their practice gym, which is which is in arena. Um, I think the cool thing at Cincinnati, honestly, like it, when you haven't been here, is is like the concourse of the football stadium is like is almost like a pathway through all their facilities and like into campus. And so it's, it's, it's just a unique thing that you're driving two buses down the concourse of the football stadium to pull into the loading dock, the way they're all their athletic facilities are kind of tucked together in campus. So I think the players were like, were we supposed to be like, is where we supposed to be driving? Cause it feels like you're literally <laughs> like it would be driving the concourse at McLean, um, you know, and, and so there's a uniqueness about um, the building and how they're all tied together. We haven't actually been in arena yet. Um, I think assuming it's still like it, it was when I played here, the only thing that's like super unique about it is, you know, one end is just a wall. You know, you don't have, you don't have stands. It's, it's pretty big, but one end is, doesn't have like really a lot of stands. And so it's kind of old school auditorium ish. Um, but you know, they've, they've done a really good job branding here and inside the, the space and making it not feel to me as, as old as it actually might be. Cause if I played in it, then it's, it's, it's pretty old mostly like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just say but, that. I no, it still seems like a new facility. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that is interesting that you'll be able to get in there and maybe point out a few things and those auditorium that reminds me when you're when you're describing it of like Rice or somewhere like that where you know like I just remember the old Autry Court that was really strange you know there was like a almost like a theater at UTA had a similar thing in the old days Oh, that just... was an airport hangar like that was crazy. <laughs> I coached there. I didn't play at UTA but that was I think when I was coaching at Arkansas, they were still in that, and we came down yeah. and played. And I'm like, oh wow, this is this is different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you might have like a student theater or student play, you know, going on over there. <laughs> I mean, it was someone strange. Asked me, like the worst place, like worst gym I ever. Where we were at, someone asked me most recently, like yeah. best arena, like one of the coolest places you've played or coached. Yeah. One of the worst, and like. I would have like the pit in New Mexico is one of the best um, game day environments. But I mean, the worst was like when we had a play in Westchester, which is where the Knicks T league team is when they moved the W team from before it was, it was bought, you know, and moved to Brooklyn. Like that was by far the worst. Cause you talk about a um, auditorium slash theater stage at one end, like them trying to make it, locker rooms like on the third floor and you're climbing <laughs> steps. I mean it was it was wild. I'm like, I cannot believe this is where even a G League team plays. It was so bad. So um 
so yeah, like I, I guess I have um, um, anything better than that is good to me, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, there are some uh, wild. I mean, the ones I need to go to are still all those. Uh, and I, I it, it by the way, I think y'all going to this smaller venue has just been it's it's a it's what's happening across the country. I mean, I think it's a I think it's a great move, and I think some people are now kind of hearing about it and seeing it, and are kind of envious of of. Uh, of the foster, but, um, it's, a uh, it's, it's really cool. Okay. So Cincinnati, um, what do, what do you, uh, what do you, what's, what are the keys and what do you have to, what do you have to make sure you do to come out of there with a win? We've got a rebound and we can't foul them. You know, they're, they're a really interesting team. They, they have played some teams close. Um, they're, their struggle is to shoot the basketball. They don't particularly shoot the basketball well. They're last in the league in field goal percentage. Um, you know, they play a lot of players, but they play downhill. They draw more fouls than anybody in the league, and they rebound the heck out of it probably for two reasons. One, because they know they're going to miss more than they make, um, and they've got to go get second and third chances. But I think they're, they're physical. Um, they're really a physical downhill driving um, type team. So they're, they're scary that way. They're just, um, they're physically at times imposing and, and then they just, they're super committed. Um, you know, to me, Hayes for them, who's their leading scorer, she reminds me of like, um, you know how like Bugs is so aggressive going to the boards. Well, this kid is like the same way. She goes really hard to the offensive glass, but she's, she's just more physically imposing. Um, you know, so they're, they're just, they, they can make, um, they can make a lot of highlight type plays, but like they average less than nine assists as a team, you know, they don't have anyone that even averages two assists a game. So like they're, they're driving that ball to score. They're driving the ball to get fouled. They're going to drive it. They're going to shoot it. They're going to rebound it. Um, and then defensively they play more man than zone, but they do play some three, two zone and, and certainly we're always uh, assuming people will play as some zone. So probably going to see a little of both, um, some man and some 3-2 zone. So they're going to have to work hard to get the ball moving against the 3-2, get corner catches, attack their bigs, you know, um, draw and kick. So, um, yeah, they're, they're just a really physical, really good offensive rebounding um, downhill team. All right, Nikki Collin, last thing I have for you, I'll play a little trivia with you to get us ready for the for the ball game. Um, who is UC, uh, who is uh, Cincinnati's first WNBA uh, player, the first ever from that program to, uh, to make it into the WNBA? I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess it was KB Sharp. Am I right? Medina Slays. I play. I he played right after me, okay. or maybe crossed over. But I gotcha. I gotcha. That, he would have played for Lori Pirtle. Um, yeah. See, I think I would have known that had we been in the main gym, because I would have seen it. <laughs> you would have seen it. It hanging up there. And then don't for. How many? Don't, you're not talking about a household name in the W there. 
No, I don't. It was not one that was that jumped out to me, even with my vast knowledge of of the W. The uh, oh, I would okay, say, okay. Uh, <laughs> Nikki. The uh, so do you don't want me for... to play W trivia with you sometimes <laughs> or no? <laughs> Let's stick. I need to. I need to stay in the NBA. Let's not. I do not want to do that. Uh, don't forget the Cookie Monster, Cheryl Cook, in the nineteen eighties, big time player for the Bearcats. All right, so. The okay, cookie monster, they called her. But, uh, wow, you anyway. so deep. I'm impressed. <laughs> That's right. I can keep going here. All right. Um, y'all have a good day. Get some chili. You know, I, and then uh, if you really, there's that place over on the riverfront that has incredible ribs. Uh, I, I don't, yes, Montgomery Inn. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, get out and about, experience the town. Experience the right. the beauty. What do we call that? So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't experience thing I'll do, but uh, okay, I will uh, talk to you soon. I think we call this the Queen City or something like that. All right, yeah. um, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. That is uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show, and uh, we uh, thank everybody who's. Uh, who has been a part of this one today. We'll see you tomorrow. All right.